Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I have some friends on, and we are going to discuss Pixar movies. Which ones we didn't like so much, which ones were notable mentions, and which ones were our top five. And so we are going to eventually be ranking these down into our top five. But um, not alone with me today, I have Paul Hart of the Apple to Oranges podcast. <laughs> of the Apple the to Oranges podcast. I almost called it a podcast. <laughs> What's up, my friend? Thank you so much for having me on, man. <laughs> How many more times will I stumble through this intro? Let's find out. <laughs> Let's open door number two. <laughs> <laughs> uh also got benjamin thomas on today what is up benjamin hey not much man glad to be here awesome happy you're here and also my son aiden stark what's up aiden hi i'm back for the third time <laughs> you're really keeping track over there aren't you yes <laughs> i have a piece of paper <laughs> piece of paper <laughs> fantastic well i know you've got quite a few pieces of paper over there you've been taking lots of notes and I, I know you are a huge Pixar fan, and so I've been excited to do this episode with you for a while and to have some of my friends on as well. So this is this is going to be a good time. I've, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm glad you're all here. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I can't wait for Aiden to like really break down his reasons why with like a whole dissertation. And then I'm going to be like, I like Up because it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Aiden's got like all these like footnotes. Like, this is exactly why I enjoy this movie. <laughs> Balloons were pretty. <laughs> um, when I think back on Pixar movies, I mean, Toy Story was obviously the first one to hit my radar. And <clears throat> I was... Let's see, Pixar, order of release. Toy Story came out in 1995, so I would have been, depending on the time of year, I'd have been 14 or 15 years old, and I, I didn't go see it in the theater. It was one that I did see uh, at home eventually, just on home video, and it was pretty cool. It was it was a real revelation, I remember at the time, to see animation that looked like that, and um, I'm trying to think... I. You know, looking through this list, I don't know. I, I haven't seen too many of these in the theater, actually, which is actually kind of wild. I I think Lightyear might have been the only one I've actually seen in the theater. Um, I uh, saw Incredibles 2 in the theater. It, yeah, and I yeah. missed out on that one because you guys went to that one without me. So I, I, I remember I just had to kind of wait for that one on home release also because I, I love the Incredibles. Um. Paul, what was your experience growing up with 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 these Pixar movies? I know you're you're closer to my age. Yeah, uh, I was I was eleven when Toy Story came out. Didn't see it in the theater, but like we got it right away when it came out uh, on VHS, and then I ended up seeing a like I ended up seeing a Bug's Life, like Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, the Incredible, pretty much everything up until. Uh, like Toy Story 3, I saw everything in the theater and then I kind of stopped because I got married. And then uh, once I had kids, kind of like The Incredibles 2, Toy Story 4. But I just like I was at that like uh, um, Pixar and Toy Story hit at like the perfect time for me where I was I was 10, 11. I was still into like the animated movie things, but I was also like, ooh, I'm going to be a grown up. Like, this is baby stuff. 
But then Toy Story comes and it just looks so different. You're like, okay, this actually looks like a cool animated movie. Like, it came out the same time. Remember that TV show Reboot? No, I do not remember that. Oh my god, it was like it was like a C-list Pixar type of animation. I'm like, this is really cool. And then Pixar comes out like, oh, this is how you can actually do it. Like, this is awesome. But uh, yeah, I've just always had a fun time with Pixar. Like, uh, you know, I think they've done a great job. And it's so much fun now with all these fan theories, how everything's connected. Yeah, the Pixar um, theory. Yeah, I've been kind of worried because I feel like I feel like the cool thing about Pixar was we'd always get a movie like every two years, every three years. And now it's like we're getting three a year. It's almost like we're kind of getting oversaturated. Um, so it's kind of like I just kind of like that Pixar magic a little spread out. Yeah, it makes sense. We're we're kind of I think some people are feeling that with the MCU as well, with so many different properties being in phase four. That yeah, people are thinking it, that you know, hey, less less is a little bit more. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> Quality yeah. over quantity—that's what they say. <laughs> and I think it's pissing off like the animators at Pixar because they work for years on these movies, and now it's being pumped out on Disney Plus, like not even in theaters. Yeah, I think like, that's why. I think that's why Lightyear bombed in the theater because many people are just like, oh, why don't we just wait for this to come to Disney Plus? Yeah, yeah, and I think there was some other conspiracies that were getting people to to not go see Lightyear for specific. But I think Lightyear was just terrible marketing. Yeah, that that was another part of it. I just think yeah. like nobody really knew why what the movie was, why we needed it, and just kind of was like, oh yeah, it's Chris Evans, let's go see it. <laughs> and I forgot his name. Takayu. <laughs> can't pronounce it. Taika Waititi? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's hard to pronounce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's almost as hard to pronounce as the word podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a Paulcast. Paulcast. (laughs) All hail Paulcast. Benjamin, what was your experience with Pixar growing up? Mine is roughly similar to Paul's. Uh, I did see the, I did see Toy Story in the theater, and then I saw most of them in the theater all the way up until, uh, yeah, probably Toy Story three ish around that time. And then I haven't seen, I haven't seen any of them. I don't think since in the theater. Well, I guess I didn't see all of them because I didn't see Brave back then either. But I saw most of them in the theater until around that time. And then um, since then, I've watched them all as they come out. You know, on home video, my, my kids are older. They don't go to the movies a lot. Um, but yeah, I definitely a big fan of Pixar in our house. Uh, I was a big fan of going to all of the one, all of them as soon as they came out. Uh, the first movie my oldest kid ever went to see at the theater was The Incredibles. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, I definitely love Pixar. And Aiden, I, I know you have been a giant Pixar fan like since before you were making words like I don't know (laughs) how many times like I sat and watched Cars with you and (laughs) to be honest I kind of like Cars one I wouldn't say it's my favorite Pixar movie of all time but I sort of like it sort of stop pit stop pit stop you loved it you loved it when you were like way little it was stop (laughs) nice I enjoy that movie so much I'm sorry I fucking well, and what's great about it is, is like, 
I read somewhere online, people are like, yeah, the first Thor movie, that's Cars. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like holy oh, shit, shit, you're right. It's like a, a really arrogant, highly talented youngster gets dropped off in a southwestern town and learns the value of friendship and community. Or, in other words, hillbilly hell. Hillbilly hell. <laughs> I'm a hillbilly hell. There's like a five-year-old kid in front of me in the theater that night. Turn around like, oh, calm down. It's just hell. <laughs> See, it's Shut the fuck it's up, rat. Turn around. It's referring to the place. <laughs> um, and, popcorn. And, and, you know, Pixar is one of those film studios that it's always renowned for for its storytelling and its high quality of work and everything. But I mean, regardless, there's still going to be movies. I mean, there's 26 of them out now, so there's going to and be more to come and more to come. Absolutely, there's there's definitely going to be misses in there. And so I thought it would be fun if we we each, in no particular order, had you know kind of like a, a bottom three of Pixar movies and. For for me, when when I look at my bottom rankings, I really had to go over the list a lot because there's not there's there's not very many Pixar movies that I would put in the category of that's like an absolute waste of a film and I don't ever want to watch it. Yeah, again. yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. And and so and so two two of my bottom three rankings are more just ones where it's like they're not movies that I hate. It's just movies I really have no interest in ever watching again, but I would admit that there's still some value in them. But so I'm going to start with The Good Dinosaur. I'm right there with you. Yep, same. That's in my bottom three also. <laughs> okay, so That's yeah, a bore. It, it is. It's, it is a pretty boring movie overall. It, yeah, it's just boring. And the entire movie feels like a tech demo. It, yeah, it's a, it's a well-made movie that just it doesn't it doesn't seem to have a lot of that Pixar magic. It's it, it's it's good. It's just not great. But then again, we grew up with like some of the best dinosaur movies. We had like the Land Before Time that traumatized all of us. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had I've Jurassic never seen that. Park. And then we had Jurassic Park. You know, it's like you really have to wall us with dinosaur stuff. Don't, no, that's don't forget we're back a dinosaur story. Well, that's great too. Yeah, but like, <laughs> man, dude, I just like like pretty much every dinosaur movie after the original Jurassic Park has never lived up, and the good dinosaur unfortunately falls in that category. I mean, the landscapes look amazing, but that's like the only good part of the movie. I I loved the scene where he met the the T Rexes that that were like the old cowboys. That was the mm-hmm. one scene in the movie that I thought was really fun. I thought those characters were, were pretty good. I I almost wish the whole movie would have been about them. <laughs> like, those I mean, were good dinosaurs. Yeah, like, yeah, that name makes more sense. Like, if the main character, instead of a uh, Brachiosaurus or whatever they're called, like, I kind of wish the main character was a T-Rex, because the, then the name The Good Dinosaur would make more sense, because carnivores. Oh, cause he's a good, yeah, because he's a good carnivore. That would have made more sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, with the best Pixar movies, you know, they're all about having, like, really interesting characters. They all have great characters. And then, really, the only ones in The Good Dinosaur that are great characters are the T-Rexes. Yeah, I mean, the, the main character was kind of boring. The, the, the what was it, Spot, the little human kid that was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is just one of those movies where I watched it one time, and I was like, that's that's enough for me. <laughs> and and really, it's not that memorable. I... I <laughs> I couldn't tell you like the the full stream of the movie. 
and I've usually got a pretty good memory for stuff I've watched it. Yeah, that that one is for me is definitely a Pixar miss. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Paul, what's one of your bottom three? Cars two. <laughs> yep, called it. Cars two stinks, man. Dude. Yeah, it, it does. It's on my. It's like it was just made to sell toys. Yep. Yeah, it was. It was absolutely cashing in on the popularity of Mater as well. They were yeah. like, "Holy shit, this is a character we can really sell to middle America." Larry the Cable Guy performs to sold out arenas. He was a in the first Cars movie. He's fantastic. He's a really fun character. Yeah, he works off well in Lightning McQueen in the first movie. He does, but as a main character, and also it's like that first Cars movie. Like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, I watched that so many times with 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 my kids when they were little and to that's me it was me. a very wholesome yeah that's you <laughs> it's a very wholesome movie and in the my second dad, one all of a sudden I there's am. guns popping out of wheels and they're, they're homicide yeah, genocide there's, there's cards cars murdering each other and it's like what is going yeah. on in this world what have you done john john <laughs> what have you done <laughs> In, in, it's quite sad because the third Cars movie is really pretty good, and I almost didn't bother watching it because the second one is just terrible. Oh, I love Cars three; it's my favorite Cars yeah. movie. Mine too. I'd still say Cars one's a bit better for me. <laughs> Cars three is one of the, <laughs> I. I still, despite that, I had months to prepare for this episode. I have a handful of Pixar blind spots that were ones I didn't get to see, and Cars three was one of those because even after watching the trailer. And, and like having Paul tell me earlier this week, no, it's not that bad. It's it's a pretty good Cars movie. And I was still like, mm, no, I can't do it. Going out on a limb, and I'm not trying to speak for for Ben at all, but like, I also think being you know like a you know like a daddy to a girl helps a lot with Cars three because there's a really awesome relationship. Really of like a father daughter relationship that is just it's pretty beautiful and it really. It kind of takes like the female, like you know, the young female car character, and kind of makes her now the main player of the franchise. And it was it was kind of a cool swap to see. That's yeah, really great. It was, it was really well executed, so it was a very good movie. I mean, it's got Army Hammer in it now, so that kind of sucks. That the that's kind of a downfall <laughs> for it. <laughs> it's definitely an improvement from Cars Two, the spy movie. Yeah, Cars 2 is the one that that is my most hated Pixar. Like, that's a Pixar movie that I like. I hate. It's like, my least favorite piece of media I ever made. <laughs> that's a bold claim. Yeah, it's one of my least favorite animated movies, period, not just Pixar. But as far as Pixar goes, like, it's the only one where I'm like, I hate this movie. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, it, it <laughs> is just terrible. Um, But based off of, of everybody's recommendations here, I, I will make time for Cars 3. In the in the future and watch that. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear what you think. What's that? I said, yeah, I'd like to hear what you think when you do see it. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I have no excuse. I had so many, so much time to prepare <laughs> for this. <laughs> it's August twenty sixth of twenty twenty one, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wild if I would have had a whole year. <laughs> I've only seen ten of these movies. <laughs> I've seen all twenty six. Well, that I yeah, too. and I I knew that you guys had seen them one. all too. So I was like, well, 
one I haven't seen is Lightyear. Oh, uh, okay. Good. So I'm not the only one. Let's pile on Benjamin for a little while. <laughs> yeah, you suck. <laughs> newest one how have you not even seen that one <laughs> no excuse. yeah i saw and that it's on one Dis- it's on disney plus now you got no excuses <laughs> i've actually seen that one twice now i saw that one in the I theater the last, i spent last, the whole last week watching the other four i hadn't seen that were the older ones so oh nice <laughs> all right who, who wants to watch lit year <laughs> lit year sounds like an improvement uh, Benjamin, what's another bottom one you got? Um, so then the other one I had on my bottom was uh, Monsters University. Oh, okay. Um, and, and that's definitely one where it's not because I didn't like it, because I do like it. I think it's a good movie, but it's like, um, it, it's charming that, you know, uh, John Goodman and Billy Crystal are both great, just like they were in the first one. Uh, it's kind of cool seeing the young version of uh, the Randall character and what they do with him and all that. But it's it's like the laziest um, script out of like any Pixar movie because it's Van Wilder, it's Revenge of the Nerds, it's old school, and it's just has Pixar characters in it now. Yeah, and I really thought that that was a sequel that fell way short of of the original because that first Monsters Inc. That's a really really good movie. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I would. I, I would have but, almost liked to have seen a sequel rather than a prequel. And we kind of yeah. got that with Monsters at Work, but, like, I'm not counting that as a sequel. Like, not because it's a TV series, because the ending is literally the same as Monsters, Inc.'s ending, just from a different mm-hmm. perspective. And I kind of mm. find that lazy. I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna be the, be the wild card here. Monsters University is, like, my number six of top movies of Pixar. Yeah, nice. I'm on number nine in terms of university. <laughs> I I love that movie, man. I had such a blast with it. I don't know if it was because it was straight out of like Emmett being born, where I'm like rocking him every night watching this, and Hazel's having a fun mm-hmm. time. You know, it's the sentimental stuff. But I thought it was fun, and I because I love Animal House. I love old school. Like all that stuff worked for me. I'm like, yeah, dude. Let, like, let me see this in a PG setting. I know that's crazy, but like, let me see it. It's amazing. I, I like this. Aubrey Plaza is a voice. Yes, I'm in. I love that. I do love that it has Aubrey Plaza in it. And um, and you know, the the only other thing that I was thinking about, I was discussing Monsters University with my kid today, and she's like, you know, it's like it's the one sequel that has like a glaring continuity issue because in the first movie they show you that they've known each other since they were in kindergarten. And I almost felt like I would have rather seen a, a, a prequel with them as kids, like, and finding out, you know, seeing why they decide they want to be scarers when they grow up and all that, than, than the university thing. And it's just because, like, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I like all those movies, too. But, it's like, when I first watched it, I was like, this isn't very original at all. <laughs> well, and it's funny because Monsters University kind of doesn't listen to its own, like, screenplays because in monsters inc they say something about like knowing each other since they were six or since like the fourth grade yeah and then we find out like no they hated each other when they were like 18 years old in college like yep (laughs) pixar you lied (laughs) no i take everything off all 26 now are my bottom (laughs) i can't get on i can't get on with this lack of attention and then cars 2 is at the top now 
Cars <laughs> 2 is my number one, baby. <laughs> That's how we know that we're talking to Bizarro Paul. <laughs> I want to see some cars get murdered. <laughs> Car homicide, the movie. Like, like it would have been great. Like, you see a car get shot up and just see, like, coolant leaking out of it. Like, oh my god. <laughs> it's gone. It's dead. <laughs> that was one of the gross subplots in that, is that it would leak oil and people looked at him like, Mater, you had an accident. You incontinent old rusty truck. <laughs> <laughs> it's so disturbing. <laughs> the movie was just disturbing on many levels. The fact okay, that these okay. cars can murder each other is so fucked up. <laughs> Okay. That looks weird in Cars 3 when Army Hammer's car is like eating another car. Now it really comes. <laughs> oh no. It's like, what's happening here? Okay, okay, to get away from the cars and how weird it is, I feel like something I like about Monsters University a lot is its message that, like, no, you can't be like, no, you're not going to be able to achieve the dream job, but there's always still other options for you. I think that's a really good message for kids. And to always be you, like everyone yeah. in Uzma Cap- yeah. like Uzma Kappa, like embraced who they were. Like, like I love that. Like as a teacher, I'm like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. This is great. Like I love it so much. Like, no, mm-hmm. like I do think it has a great message, which most Pixar movies do. Exactly. Most. Most. Yeah, most. Most of them do have a, and that's usually what I find myself doing when I'm watching Pixar movies too is it's like i'm 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 taking in the story and everything but also in the back of my mind i'm like what's the message (laughs) what what are what are they really telling us here what's the underlying theme in this movie and and they usually nail it they usually do a very very good job with most times (laughs) most times they're usually pretty good (laughs) well aiden what's one of your bottom three that hasn't been mentioned yet uh brave okay oh oh wow coming out with gusto shots <laughs> shots fired okay so what's your reasoning on brave okay i do like like the first like what 30 minutes of the movie i think that is really good or not like amazing but like i think the first 30 minutes are pretty serviceable but then like after marita's mother gets turned into a bear i just completely lose interest yeah cause it was like that joaquin phoenix movie brother bear <laughs> I was about to mention that. Bear. <laughs> Disney, why'd you make Brother Bear 2? <laughs> so I, I, I had Brave in my um honorable mentions. Um uh it's I, I only just watched it today, so um but I definitely really enjoyed, you know, the um the messages of it. I thought it was pretty cool that it was such a um like a you know positive feminine role model character i think it's neat that it's like the only uh disney princess that's a pixar character uh the archery stuff was cool i thought they did a really good job with um um like scottish culture and even like yeah, specifically yeah. Like that european scottish humor like there were definitely things i really enjoyed about it i think i do think what hurt brave was uh an amazing like this movie should have been a Pixar movie two years before How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, I, oh, definitely. I think that movie because it's, it's almost the same concept, but with dragons, like the, the whole Scottish and all that. Like I just and I, man, I, I always tell people that's my favorite non-Pixar Pixar trilogy. So much. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, I say that all the time too. That it's not like, even it's Shrek. The only, it's Fuck like, Shrek. The, like <laughs> it's like the only like digital animation series that's not Pixar, but is on par with Pixar. Yeah, and all three nail it, dude. I I was a baby yeah. every single. But this is a Pixar podcast. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. This is the Paulcast. I'm gonna fucking talk about whatever I want to talk about. <laughs> there it's, you go. It's your Paulcast. This is a Paulcast, baby. Episode one of the Paulcast. <laughs> the real podcast, even the multiverse one. <laughs> Get out of here, Starcast. It's now Paulcast. <laughs> What are you a blood traitor? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we interrupted this regular scheduled programming to bring you the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And we are officially in the weeds, Joe. I think I set a record for how many times is this me being on now? Like six? I think this is the fastest I've so taken many. us into the weeds. <laughs> So many times I've been like, why am I doing this? No. <laughs> why am I here? Oh, Jamesies. So the, okay, so we've covered two of them that I have in my bottom three with Cars 2 and the Good Dinosaur. The other one I had in my bottom three was Finding Dory. Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm not the only one who hates this movie. Well, I, I don't hate it. It's just that I really liked Finding Damn, Nemo. I hate it. <laughs> Fucking coming out like the goddamn Barracuda. <laughs> Snatching up the hey, I, I do. I do like Finding Dory's message, though. It, it does have uh, a good message. I love that we're all like, you know, almost all the Pixar movies are really good. There's only maybe one or two that make these lists because they're actually bad. And then Aiden's like, no, this movie's terrible. I hate it. <laughs> Okay, I take that back. I don't hate this movie. It's just kind of mediocre. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be like, Toy Story sucked. <laughs> Stupid. The message was about toys. He's <laughs> <laughs> dumb. The message was about toys. Oh my god. The message I, was toys. <laughs> I did love the character Hank in this though, that the octopus. Yeah, I think he's the I think he was the only new character that I kinda liked for the most part. Yeah. Yo, I went on, I, like, I'm sorry, I went on a crazy, this was, this was, like, literally days ago, I got a Snapple bottle, right, and it said, uh, octopuses think with their tentacles, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then I remember what, like, I was re-watching Finding Dory for this, because I actually do my homework, <laughs> Joe. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at Hank, and I'm like, this motherfucker has seven tentacles. Male octopuses shoot off one of their tentacles to impregnate another octopus. Oh, wow. So octopuses, male octopuses literally think with their dicks. (laughs) Of course. Like Snapple and Pixar brought that nugget of wisdom out of me. Perhaps the smartest (laughs) creature in the ocean and it's still still got a similar downfall as man. Yeah, those those motherfuckers can predict World Cup like championships. They are smart. Well, octopuses are incredible, and and that's something that was was showcased really well in Finding Dory with all the different ingenious ways they could use Hank to have him use his camouflage, and and the oh, there's all sorts of different videos you can see online of octopuses escaping. Pretty much any like they can put them in a jar with a lid on the top and they'll figure out how to unscrew that lid from the inside and they'll escape the jar like they're they're pretty mm-hmm. incredible. And that was a really fun part of this movie. But and like fucking I, Al Bundy is the voice. Come on. <laughs> well, right? 
and I loved Finding Nemo so much. That was a movie that, like, before we even had kids, me and Lindsay used to watch Finding Nemo over and over again. And I have it on DVD. <laughs> that was the DVD we used to watch over and over again. And so I was looking forward to the sequel, and when I saw it, I just felt like it was it was kind of a letdown. But I think it was just because I, I loved the original so much, and I went into the sequel with expectations. And, and also, Dory was far from my favorite character of the first one. Yeah. Yeah, very much. Okay, I just yeah. find... Ah. Sorry, you can go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay, okay. I just find it kind of pointless that Finding Nemo got a sequel. Like, did it really need a sequel? Did it really need one? Like, be yeah. honest. No, At first really. when they're like, like, Finding Nemo Part 2, I'm like, oh, this little bastard got lost again? Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, Marla needs to be visited by CPS now. Like, damn. <laughs> This time we'll follow Marlin and Nemo while they're looking for Dory. And I loved all the stuff about finding out stuff about Dory's past. I do like Dory as a character very much. Um, and I absolutely loved the first um, one. Uh, it, it was like the movie where I was right at that age where I went by myself. And I was just at the age where I was like, am I too old to go to these movies by myself? Without yes. having kids yet? But I absolutely loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was, I loved all the heartfelt beats. But then, like, with the sequel, it just wasn't, it just, I'm with Joe, it just wasn't as fun. But I did think the whole sequence with them, like, stealing the van and driving the van was hilarious, so there's that. Okay, yeah, that was pretty good. You know, (laughs) I kind of wish Pixar would kind of go the route of, like, kind of, like, like, not totally DC, like, movies, but, like, Give us a spinoff of, like, one of its hated characters. Like, give me a movie about the Barracuda that ate the mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. Barracudas don't even eat clownfish in real life. God damn it, dude. Again, all 26 are my bottom. Like, not now it's done. <laughs> we return to Bizarro World. I, I want to see a sequel where it's where it's Bruce and the other sharks hunting down that Barracuda to get revenge for Marlon's family. Oh, it's like rated R. They're just like fucking torturing Barracudas to find this one. (laughs) But, but we do know the Barracuda is dead. It's dead? Wait, it is? It's dead, it's dead, and it is stuffed. And it is hanging on the wall in the little secondhand shop in Toy Story 4. Oh, really? Oh, that's incredible! And right I next mean, to it is it. the old, and right next to it is the old man's walker from Up. So they hit you with like a high, and they're like, "Yeah, this old guy died." Like, Carl's dead. For sale. Carl's dead. Carl's he gone. went down. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's really I want down. Carl get like dementia. Oh my god. You find out Carl and Ellie are both in hell. <laughs> They're the rulers of hell. <laughs> Dude, man, it's like that Robin Williams movie. Like, what the hell is it? like what dreams may come what or something? Come. Yeah, yeah. Where he has to go to hell to find his dead wife or whatever. <laughs> that movie's intense, dude. It's fucking insane, man. I hate it. You hated that movie? That movie's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, like... When so I much fire! It, I was I was younger. I'm like, oh, dude, this isn't so, genie from Aladdin. I, I, I think I watched it when I was 20. I hate that movie only for the reason that I read the book before I watched the movie, and it's one of my favorite books ever. And the movie was just it wasn't as good, even with Robin Williams. 
Oh wow! That's so, the way I so felt are you telling me there's a book out there that would destroy me even harder than the movie did? Absolutely, and like, they changed a lot of beats about the story for the movie. And what they did in the movie was great. Like when when I watched it, I was like, "This is a really good movie." But compared to the book, it's just it's it's not as powerful. Wow. Yeah, exactly. There's not as much fire. Uh, Aiden, Aiden, the movie, <laughs> the movie, what dreams may come. It's about this guy who's married and he has a couple kids, and an accident happens, and both of his children die in the car accident. And so then his wife tries to kill herself and she survives the attempt and they end up kind of reconciling everything and figuring out how to put the pieces back together and they get on with their life. And then eventually he dies in a car accident and his wife then after he's dead kills himself or kills herself. And so then she he has to team up with other spirits in the afterlife and go to hell to try and rescue his wife. Oh, okay. It's a heart wrenching movie. It's a feel-good movie of the year. <laughs> Academy Awards, where are you? <laughs> but it is far from Pixar, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Paul Cass! I, I, don't, I don't remember the Pixar movie where the main protagonist went to hell. I do not remember that. <laughs> I think that would be the sequel, <laughs> Down. Yeah, I was say, that'll be Down, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie went to hell. <laughs> oh, no. Gotta go rescue her. Gotta go rescue her, Russell. Come on, Kevin. <laughs> Come on, Doug. Come on, Kevin. <laughs> and then Charles Muntz is there. Oh no. Yeah, bang and ghost Ellie. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. That got really dark. That got really, really dark. So going off of that, I I I have a tie for my third least favorite. Okay. Um, it is Luca. I feel like that is when the magic of Pixar stopped for me. Oh wow! It wow, felt yeah. like it felt like a regular Disney animated movie. Like it felt like one of their B ones. It did not feel like a Pixar movie to me. I liked it a lot. I'll say that. And I'm gonna get I'm gonna get heat for this. It is tied, and like oh, it is tied because the let like. The first 10 minutes of this movie is one of the best openings of all time. And the rest of the movie never lived up to that opening scene. And that is up. Oh, man. You know, I think I would almost so agree with you. Top five. Like that, that movie does in 10 minutes when some, what some movies can't even do in two hours. <laughs> and then it's just like, like you take us through this just amazing fucking thing of emotions and then we're just left with this like like it's it's we gotta rescue the bird (laughs) yeah we gotta rescue Kevin like we got angry old man and little guy but like it just to me like and a talking dog after that opening it just it does not live up to that like if like that opening is like a, a, a chef's kiss and then the rest of it feels like an average movie to me yeah, I think Benjamin is saying he's got it in his top five, so we can... Oh, shit. Well, that's okay. We'll, we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll, we'll save some more discussion on that one. But back to Luca. Luca I had is one of my honorable mentions, and that was one that, that I did get just watched. I think it was either yesterday or the day before I watched Luca for the first time. And it was... It, 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 didn't, it didn't crack my top five, but it was one that I kind of considered for my top five. It was... 
I, I thought the movie of it's in my top fifteen. <laughs> the, it's in my top twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> the the theme in Luca of you know even if you're the outsider or the weirdo you know you can you can be yourself and and when the 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 grandmother says later on that yes somewhere some places you know not everybody in the world will accept him but he seems to know how to find the people who do I thought was a really really beautiful lesson for that movie and, I, I yeah and I uh, to him, oh that's that's okay I was, I was, what was the other there was oh the part in Luca there was a, a part in it where the when when they find out that uh, Alberto he, when he goes in the water and he comes out and he's a sea monster and then Luca points at him and yells sea monster I literally went no way yeah, <laughs> like can't. I was like, like yeah, okay the first time I saw Luca I just said oh my god a betrayal what a shock well I, I was not expecting that betrayal and and then the way that everything then proceeds after that point I, I thought Luca was a pretty beautiful movie but yeah. I think what yeah. it can I think what I can appreciate about Luca is that like for one thing, I love its art style. Like, I just love it. Mm-hmm. It feels very unique, especially when every single, not every single, but most animated movies are trying to look like real life nowadays. Like, I feel like so I want to pick their movies look alike. That is very true. But I feel oh, like I, I want to start seeing like animated movies, like you know, taking advantage of the fact that they're animated movies, like Into the Spider Verse or. Mitchell's versus the oh, machines. You know. Mitchell's versus the machines. What a fucking gem, baby. Yes. Um, yeah, and I, and I definitely see your point with that. But then at the same time, the whole um, appeal with Pixar when it came out was like, here's animated movies that look like real life. So they, maybe they leaned a little too hard into that since then. But that's definitely kind of always been their thing is that other animated movies look like animated movies and these look like movies. Like, oh. Here, like, I don't know, I like, I guess this is maybe more of, like, ex- like extra sets, like, you know, like, outside stuff coming in, but, like, you know, like, pandemic hits, right? Like, we knew Onward was going to come to theaters. Onward was the first actual movie I spent, like, $30 or whatever to buy to watch at home. Mm-hmm. Like... So it was like, okay, this was going to be for theaters. I'm, I'm, I'm for this. I fucking love Onward. Um, and then it's like Lucas on Disney Plus, and I'm just like, ah, oh, man, like I gotta watch this from home. We're still at home doing this bullshit. Like, I don't know. And it just felt ve- like to me, like I, I love that you guys loved it. It just felt very average to me. Like I put it on par with like Home on the Range, like for Disney. Oh wow, yeah. wow. <laughs> well, like, and I think. I think where you said earlier, you know, that sometimes some stuff leads into it with, like, you watch these movies with your kids and stuff. Like, we have a baby in the house. It's my ex-wife's baby. But, like, one of their favorite movies is Lisa, and they're watching it all the time. And so I watch it with them a lot. And the fact that they absolutely adore it definitely helps that I like it. A hundred percent. That's awesome. It is awesome. Uh, Benjamin, do you got any other in the in the bottom three that hasn't been brought up so far? No, we did all my bottom three. How about you, Aiden? Uh, yeah, we did all mine. All right, right on. Well, um, I think why why don't we do the top five next, and then any others we we miss out, then we can kind of do honorable mentions afterwards. We. All right. Um. Okay. Well. Uh. 
Aiden, why don't you go first? What is your number five? Uh, probably Toy Story 2. <laughs> that, mm. That's my number five as well. That's funny. <laughs> Conveniently. <laughs> I love that. So, so uh, what's your... So go ahead and, and talk about Toy Story 2 a little bit. Um, I think for 1999, the animation looks stellar, and I think it's a much better improvement from the first movie. Like, wow, the humans actually look like humans. <laughs> they were much less creepy. Yeah. Wayne Knight's character looked like Wayne Knight, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> he totally <laughs> did. The first Toy Story suffers really badly from that uncanny, uncanny, uncanny Valley thing where they look human, but they don't look human, and it makes them creepy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you should see oh, whatever. The I'll still do Andy's mom. <laughs> <laughs> you should Andy see the Yeah, if you think the humans look cursed in Toy Story, you should check out uh the Pixar short Tin Toy. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. have, you, have you seen the baby in Tin Toy? It looks so cursed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Toy Story 2 was originally supposed to be straight to VHS. Yeah, when... yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, they because because they were kind of writing off Pixar, like yeah. they're like we can't redo Toy Story. Like, oh, here's Toy Story two. Like, we'll just throw this like on the Disney Channel and toss it on VHS. And thank God it went to movie theaters. Yeah, right, thank God. It, and they went, oh, never mind. This is a good ass movie. But like, yeah, there was definitely it. they didn't think that uh, they didn't think Pixar had legs. Like they thought Toy Story was going to be like their their swan song, their one and done. They weren't going to top it with anything else. It's a one hit wonder, except it ended mm-hmm. up getting three more movies and the spin-off. It's the O'Neaters. <laughs> Sorry, that's from a movie called. That, that was a good deep cut right there, Paul. I fucking right. love that movie, baby. Paul cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Toy Story two for me. I it was just such a fun sequel. I, I loved everything with the with uh, Woody getting abducted <laughs> and then getting kind of refurbished and then meeting the other people. Oh, I don't remember there being aliens in Toy Story two. <laughs> <laughs> the claw. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you make an argument. You don't remember the actual yes, yes. thing from Alien? <laughs> that was there, man. <laughs> um, and, and like the alien thing comes out of a uh, toy's his stomach, you know. <laughs> that would have been fucking awesome. That's Toy man. Story Five for you. <laughs> I hope to God Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver's a voice. That'd be great. <laughs> Gee, if only there was a Pixar movie where Sigourney Weaver got a voice. I'm talking about Finding Dory, of course. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, Toy Story 2, awesome, uh, awesome one. I think it is, um, it's my favorite of the Toy Story movies. Same. And it, it's, but it's probably also the Toy Story movie that I've seen the most out of all of them. Uh, I think that's true for me as well. Yeah. Um. Uh, Paul, how about you? What do you have in your number five spot? My number five is A Bug's Life. All right. All right. I love I it's one of my favorite messages of um, and I think it's a message that needs to thoroughly be adapted today. Like they may be bad, but there's more good in the world. Like we can overcome it. Like. I love Dennis Leary as the ladybug. I think that was just inspired casting (laughs) from the get-go. I just, I really, you know, like, it came out the same time. Like, it's, 
like it's in one of those, you know, like phenomenons of like a movie that has a doppelganger. Like it had ants, just like Volcano has Dante's Peak Uh and Armageddon has Deep Impact. Like Bugs Life, you know, like that was, you know, one of their first movies. Like it was like, I believe that came out. I believe that was the next one after Toy Story, right? Yeah. 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 Their second. Yeah. That was their follow up. That was their follow up. And I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Like, I I mean, it doesn't age well now because of Kevin Spacey. Right. But I mean, he's a dick in that movie. He's a dick in real life. So it works. Pixar knew (laughs) all along. Pixar knew. Pixar predicted the future. They're like the the Simpsons. Yeah. I was about to say that. That's definitely my number six because, like, it's the one that didn't make my top five, but, like, I kept going, ah, I kind of want to throw Bugs Life in there. Ah, that's one that. Do we have that? Do we own that one, Aiden? Like, A Bugs Life? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. No. Okay, I wasn't sure if I'd ever bought that one on DVD. I must, it must have been a rental. I haven't seen that one in years, but I remembered enjoying it. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the. Who does the. I'm like a great character. Heimlich. Is that oh, the main yeah. character's name? No, no, it's no, like no, it's no, like no, that no. caterpillar is like a German accent. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because there's all the the circus performer bugs. Yes, yes. And he falls yes. in with. Yep, yep. yep. Okay. And then they're in the Toy Story two uh, bloopers. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. It's like during the credits of the movie. Oh, that's. Fun. I said we're in a part two, but not a Bugs Life two. <laughs> and Bugs <laughs> just chops the chops the branch. No, I, I just like I like I think it's I I think it's cool to get the cast of Misfits to save the day, uh, for Flick to be underestimated, and I do think like the final battle is pretty damn terrifying. Like Hopper, it's like Avengers Hop- Endgame in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, and like Hopper is what I compare to Vincent Price's character in The Great Mouse Detective. Like he is. Yeah. He is a scary ass bad guy, like a terrifying animated villain. Yeah, like you actually think this dude will kill some some ants, and he like, and he gets eaten by a bird. Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> like it's pretty wild. Like I thought, I de- like, I thought well, it was a fantastic follow up. Well, I, not I, even I just it. by a bird, like birds, like a a bird's uh, babies, you know, like that's what right. he's eaten by. Yeah, you know he's gonna get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Who voices the the lead in that? Uh, God damn it, the dude from News Radio. Dave Foley, uh, is it? Thank you, Foley. Yeah, because yep. yeah, I was thinking it's the guy from Kids in the Hall, but I was totally blanking on his name. And uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus is is the princess. Oh, excellent. Yep. And like, is Julia Andrews the voice of the queen? I I have no idea. <laughs> I think she might. That sounds familiar. I think she is. Which, I mean, she's a queen. That's great casting. (laughs) Um, Ben, what do you got in your five spot? Uh, My five spot. Sorry, my lips closed. Uh, In my fifth spot, I have Soul. And um, I just watched Soul for the first time a couple days ago. So, you know, shiny new toy syndrome, I'm sure. But, um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's another it's a it's another uh Pete Doctor movie which he had also done the, the uh, fourth inside one. out. Yeah. 
He had also done Inside Out, which is one that I adore. And um, I also love Inside Out. I avoided it forever because I thought it was trying too hard to be similar to Inside Out with the little soul totally looking like one of the emotions. Um, well, it's a spiritual I, sequel to Inside Out, they said. Yeah. Which oh, I can cool. See, absolutely. And um, I just thought it was really good. I thought uh, Jamie Foxx was fantastic. I thought the character, uh, what was the character's name? 22. The soul soul. She's hilarious. Yes. And there's like this great story about, um, you know, focusing too much on your, your um, dreams and aspirations and goals and forgetting to live along the way. And um, this whole idea about what is the meaning of life and what does it mean to live? And um, it's funny that jazz is such a big part of the movie because for the most part, I hate jazz music, but I actually really enjoyed that aspect of the movie too. So I'd agree with I that. It was a really good one. Man, I, I almost threw this in my bottom three, not be like, I watched this with my kids on Christmas day and they're asking me about like, are we going to die soon? Like, I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> everybody <laughs> dies. Yeah. Just open your presents and shut up. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean it's definitely it's not a Pixar movie that is like this is the one, this is one for the little kids, but it's 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 they've they've done a lot lately where they uh, some of the movies are definitely focused more on teenagers and adults and or you know watching them all together so you can talk about like deeper questions about life and stuff. But you're right that that subject matter is probably not great for small kids. I thought that movie was pretty beautiful, though. I I did like the message in it, and and 100%. the 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 music did take me by surprise because I'm usually not one for jazz, but but I did really enjoy it in that. I I loved the 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 talk of the like the flow state that you can get into. Uh, it was always mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts of like distance running. Is yeah, the actual like mix, the actual like um science of the music, like the musical science, like talking about scales and all that kind of stuff they did throughout the thing, and like the different types of um, just like music theory was actually really interesting to me. Yeah, that's and that's I awesome. Wasn't expecting that. Um, and then the other thing that I was going to say about it was uh, oh well, shit, it's gone. I lost it. <laughs> Oh, no. There was another point I had, but it's gone. Oh well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's disappeared from my mind. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, on to the number four ranking. Then I have Coco in the in the four spot. Mm. I love Coco. Coco, mm-hmm. so that's oh, in my honorable mentions. That's in my honorable mentions too. I oh. This, I, I, I just lost my grandma. Coco's hard to, to, to rewatch right now. Oh, dude. Uh, I, I bet it. Yeah. I'm sorry for your loss, my friend. I appreciate you. No, no, no. But I'm just like, Coco Coco was right up there in, in here. It's a man, dude. What a, what a fucking cool premise, right, Joe? It's an absolutely cool premise. I, I love that it's dealing in to the, 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 the Mexican. Uh, religion and how they view the the day of the dead and how they honor mm-hmm. their their family and just the the yeah. way that that coco crosses over into the the land of the dead and the way that everything is portrayed there the the story that he finds out along the way about his grandfather and the way the coco's just one of those movies the way that it wraps up like if 
I, I could start crying right now. <laughs> yeah. It sounds yeah, like you're too. starting. If you cry, I'm going to cry. Because to like, the I'm, end of I'm this movie, when, when, when his grandma, who's so, so old in the movie, and she remembers her dad, and then, oh, oh my God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and then with all the music and stuff along the way, I, I, I love Latin guitar. It is one of my favorite things ever. Like, it's... If you browse through my Spotify, you'll see it's one of those things that I occasionally just pull up and listen to. And to yeah, have a whole movie like focused around it was just is beautiful. It's, one of the things that go ahead, sorry. No, 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 you go, you go. Uh, one of the things that Pixar and Disney have done right in some of the stuff they've done in the last, you know, five to ten years is that when they do movies that focus on a culture and like a a certain group of people. They're really doing a good job, like highlighting that culture, talking about their religion, talking about their music, talking about the, their family dynamics and things like that. So I really enjoyed that entire aspect of that. Yeah, I also Yo, enjoy that. When they band together, when that like auntie or whatever she is, like, you know, like when they go full force, like, yeah, dude, we're going to save Coco. And we're like, she gets up there and say, oh, OK, I got to stop. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. Oh, it's 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 this is one of those movies that makes me wish. I was fluent in Spanish because I would love to watch this entire movie all in Spanish. Um, I think I, Disney I, Plus actually does have a version for Coco. I know. I, yeah. And that's that's what just like knowing that version exists. It makes me like I I just feel like you would just get so much more out of it. You know, having that that further aspect to it. But the true um, experience. A hundred percent. You like watching Prey with the Comanche language. <laughs> I was going to say that. And this has like a wild deep dark twist of like the dude actually poisoning yeah, yeah. the like, guy and he dies yeah because <laughs> at first you're thinking oh this is a really good guy and then when you find out the truth about it it's like it's so dark and like yeah. is this the first human pixar death um probably i mean yeah yeah i don't know i'd really have to look at the list and think about it that but th this movie is pretty heavy in in that and and i think that that probably just goes along with what makes the ending of the movie so cathartic and beautiful wait no no um it's not the first human death because uh ellie you know she went down <laughs> yes. yeah, ellie does die. <laughs> oh yeah well i mean and there was people that like the whole cape sequence in the incredibles no yeah that's right <laughs> oh i completely forgot about that <laughs> fucking great okay i, I got that that's definitely gonna be saved in this, yeah, in this yeah absolutely <laughs> we will definitely we will get no capes <laughs> <laughs> oh god brad bird you beautiful son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> all right uh aiden what did you have in your number four spot i had monsters inc oh fantastic nice. yes yeah, that that is i i love monsters inc it was one of those movies that it was another one that we used to watch all the time before, you know, we even had kids. And and I also have it on DVD. <laughs> you have you have my DVD. <laughs> yes, I have your DVD. Correction. That's mine. <laughs> I stole it. So, Aiden, what are some of the things about Monsters, Inc. that you love that landed in your number four spot? Okay, I love the 2D animated thing with all the doors at the beginning of the movie. Like, before the movie actually starts, you have that, like, 2D The opening. title cards? Yes, title cards. Thank you. Um, I also really like the animation. I think it's a step up, again, from Toy Story 2. Yeah. And it has amazing music. Like, 
I think Monsters, Inc., this is going to sound kind of objective, but I think Monsters, Inc. is Randy Newman's peak, like, in terms of music. You know, that's funny you say that, because my two favorite scores are Monsters, Inc., and then I love, like, kind of the marching band vibe from Monsters University. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think the Monsters franchise has nailed it with their scores. Yes, mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, yeah. Um, that's another one, you know, where we talked about, you know, Paul talked earlier about uh, movies with, you know, a father, a father of daughters, the relationship between, you know, both Foley and um, Mike with, with Boo is just great. Like, it tugs at the heartstrings. It's adorable. I love it. It's sad when he has to leave her behind. Like, that that whole story. It made my honorable mentions. It didn't make my top five, but that whole story makes it, like, top tier Pixar. Oh, that's absolutely. Be- it's it's heartbreaking when he has to let her go, and then the end of the movie when the door opens and you just hear the voice saying "Kitty," is oh, it's yeah. it's just perfect. It it makes me wish that Monsters at Work was at an actual sequel, you know. <laughs> and then that whole uh, that whole subplot or that whole, that whole that sets up the whole uh, musical subplot with put that thing back where it came from, which is just comic genius. <laughs> <laughs> What's the What's the theory that, like, Bonnie from Toy Story 3 and Toy mm-hmm. Story 4 is Boo? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, wow. I, I mean, I've seen theories of, the, like, that old witch from Brave is actually Boo. Like, she, like, time-traveled. <laughs> That's a wild one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that is a wild one, yeah. The Bonnie one feels far more believable. Yeah, in all honesty, yeah, that, that Bonnie one sounds way more believable. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I I love Monsters, Inc., though. The the humor in it is on point. It's got a very touching story. The villain in it is perfect. Yeah, it, it has a good twist villain. Like, Disney, this is how you do twist villains. Yeah, that is exactly what I was just going to say, is the twist villain that's in mm-hmm. it is spectacular. You don't see it coming. Yeah, exactly. It's not predictable, and it's actually something that would happen in real life. Like, that could happen, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and getting Billy Crystal to voice uh, Mike Wazowski is just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Billy Crystal, John Goodman, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesus Christ, I'm, how am I forgetting so much shit today? Steve Buscemi. What's that guy's name? Yeah, Steve Buscemi. It's just such, such a good cast. And, like, you know, even they do such a good job with it, even though it's not all comedic, but it's such a great comedic cast. It's just a really cool world that they set up there, too. The, the All the monsters mm-hmm. that are there, and they come and scare you, but... Really, the monsters are far more afraid of you. They're terrified of you just even touching you, uh, <laughs> even touching them, or or mm-hmm. letting one of your socks get stuck to their fur <laughs> or something. You know, it's twenty three nineteen. That scene is hilarious. Like when they put the cone of shame on the guy and shave him. Like. <laughs> and it leads to the best Easter egg of Monsters University, where young Randall has a Winds of Change motivational poster. Yep. Above his bed. Oh, oh I never noticed that. I before. never noticed that as well. You hear that, Sully? That's the winds of change. Like you <laughs> son of You guys can get that, but you can't get them being in school in fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what you remember from the whole first monsters movie. <laughs> um, Paul, what do you have in your fourth spot? Uh so this is this is one of the newer ones. Uh, it is Turning Red. 
Ooh. I fucking, this movie needed, like, again, again, a lot of outside stuff as a dad to an almost tween girl. Mm-hmm. This is the movie she needs to see. These are the characters she needs to see. These are the situations that happen to young women she needs to see. Uh, she needs to see the amazing, like, everyone knows I'm divorced. She need like, we got done watching this movie and she looked at me and I said, go call your mom. Go call your mom, tell her you love her. Go right now. <laughs> like, go, do it, do it. Like, girls need to see these amazing relationships that they can have with other women. They need to see what's going to happen to their bodies is 100% okay. Like, it makes a complete celebration of what they go through. And, the like, uh, the fact that this movie got so much shit because it addressed periods is fucking oh, ridiculous. Yeah. I remember seeing so much hate for Turning Red when it initially came out. I was just it like, is re- Why? Uh, like, how dare you talk about a period... But we can have the Incredibles where a guy tries to kill himself in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Or Cars 2, basically homicide the movie. Or Army Hammer eating tires. Like, what the fuck? It's bullshit. (laughs) But I I love this movie. I think it, like, the end scene is so amazing with the boy band singing and just the message is amazing. You can have family. In so many definitions, you'll always have your family family, but then you have the family you make. You have the family that finds you and that you find. And she has some of the best, like, movie friendships in this movie. Like, I love Turning Red. This is one of Pixar's best. I know, like, it could be Shiny New Toy Syndrome. But to watch my daughter watch this movie and just be in love with it and kind of have this discussion where even as a dad, like as a dad for me, like it's like I don't mean to be too graphic, but it's terrifying knowing that this is happening and like or or this is going to happen. And like my reaction, like I need to totally prepare and like, how am I going to make her feel as beautiful inside and out as she can when this does happen. And this movie helps you prepare for that. Like as a daughter, a dad, a friend, everything like it's, it's, it's one of the most like progressive messages they've had, which is crazy. Cause it's just about a period, but like for Disney to straight up do this and stick to their guns on it, I thought was just fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm a father who three of my four children have gone through, you know, the puberty, the changes that come with your body through puberty. And, you know, it was especially hard with my daughters because I haven't dealt with that. So like, I didn't know what to tell them or what to say to them when that came around. And, you know, luckily my, my ex-wife and their mother is still here, like at the house with us. So like we were both here to deal with it together when it happened, but I applauded them for like, including that and for, for making a point of like, like you said, explaining to young girls that the changes that are going to happen to their body are normal. And like my brother, like threw an absolute fit about it. Why is that even in a movie? And then he walked in and was like, okay, I don't know what I got all worked up about. It was kind of nice. And I'm like, yeah, it was a good message for young girls as a father. I don't even see how you can get worked up about that. Like a good positive message for young girls. Um, 
Another thing that I loved about Turning Red, uh, one of my best friends is a uh, an Asian, you know, half Asian, half Irish woman who lives in Canada, who was a teenager in the 90s and adores boy bands. So there was all these aspects that you don't see in too many animated movies. It's a 90s movie. It has a subplot about boy bands. And it's about, you know, it's in Canada, which you don't see a lot about Canadian life in general, especially in, you know, American movies from American studios. Mm-hmm. And like, it also focused a lot on Asian culture. So I thought, oh, that was really neat. I kept telling her for months, I said, you have to watch this movie. It's about you. It's an Asian, a mixed race, Asian child, female specifically, growing up in Canada, who adores boy bands. This movie's about you. <laughs> This, this is one of my yeah, Pixar blind spots. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Turning Red quite a couple times. I do like that it takes place in the 2000s. Like, you know, like the Simpsons thing, like really like it's like, OK, Disney, I know you own the Simpsons, but just why? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my Pixar blind spots. I, I have not gotten around to seeing this one yet. It's definitely good. The music's great. Oh yeah, the music is good. The trailer looked a lot of looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I see a lot of people say how this movie doesn't look good, and I just go, "What?" Yeah, I saw that that argument about lot women, too. and I felt like that was the same people who were like, "They're just trying to groom our children and tell them things like periods are normal." Well, they are. <laughs> yeah, this Aiden, I, I think this movie falls victim to a little bit of politics. And that you will notice as you get older that there's lots of dudes that will act very butthurt when women or women's issues take any sort of spotlight. Mm-hmm. And they'll immediately say, what about this? What about this? And it's like, just settle down, dude. And this movie is trying to get women to think for themselves. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, get out of my house. I don't even own a house. If they try to touch on any kind of um, relationships or anything other than, you know, cisgendered straight relationships, if they they touch any kind of stuff like that, even just um, even just feeling like they're broaching those issues without blatantly broaching those issues. You get all these people who want to just talk about how um, the woke culture and the left are like ruining Disney and Pixar. And that movie definitely fell victim to a lot of that folly. Oh, do you remember Finding Dory when there's like a five second scene about like a same sex couple having a baby that lit the internet on fire and then onward went even further with the cop saying my girlfriend's daughter pulls my hair like people are like, what the fuck? You're indoctrinating Uh my children. And Luca, um, there's a lot of talk about how Luca doesn't like blatantly like lean into um, non-traditional relationships, but kind of hints at non-traditional and same-sex relationships. Yeah. And same deal. Even that movie, people were just destroying it for being woke culture. I swear to God, I think the next Pixar. You know what? I can't. There's a kid on this. I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. How old are you, Aiden? Like. 14. Shit. <laughs> Probably a good call. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm going to text it to you. Okay. Number three. Uh, I was going to say, did we get everybody's number four? Or wait, yeah. Did uh, we? I had, I had um, my number four still, which was uh, the original Toy Story. Oh, oh, right on. Oh, damn. 
Uh, the inspiration for Lightning McQueen's number. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, I, I'm a big fan of all four Toy Story movies, but like, there's just something special to me still about that first one. That that's the one that we got introduced to all these characters with. Um, and while I like that the later movies went for like more, like it was, we grew up with the characters and the, the themes and the subject matter got darker and more dull and dealt with more hard hitting kind of things. Uh, there's something, there's like an innocence about the first one where it's really just about toys. And like, while there's the whole thing about trying to rescue the toys from being murdered by Sid, um, I don't know, there's just something I really enjoy about that first, that first movie and that first storyline. And I think it's the most innocent and that adds to it. You know, when you really think about it, the toys like traumatized a, a child when you really think about it. That's true. <laughs> he was abusing toys though. He totally deserved it. That's true. I did think about that. He became a garbage man. This is a movie that ends with toys literally driving a child insane. (laughs) (laughs) Now he, like, I think he did well for himself. He's a garbage man now. That's a good paint job. Yeah, in Toy Story 3, he's he's like a garbage man. Like, he's wearing the same shirt. No way. (laughs) He's wearing the same shirt. It's like near the end of the movie. Yeah, he's wearing the same shirt, and he, they actually brought back the voice actor from the first movie. Oh, good on oh, them. Oh, I didn't know about the that. Yeah. 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 Sid. Sid is doing well. <laughs> He's doing no longer okay. traumatized. He's had therapy. <laughs> that first Toy Story movie, it does have a very good plot, though, with, you know, with dealing with jealousy and 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 kind of coming to terms with, <laughs> I don't know, is being replaced the right thing or just coming to terms with Jealousy, I guess. Yeah, it is a fun story, though. The The scene with Sid is my favorite, though. Actually, it's kind of my sec. Well, it goes right into it because that's where the it leads up to the 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 rocket powered car part. That's my favorite mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, that climax for Toy Story 1 is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, is, the, is, is the first one? No, the first one's not the one with the uh, scene with the RC car where they're driving in under the moving trucks and stuff, is it? Yeah, that's the first one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's my favorite scene from any of the Toy Story movies. I love that entire sequence. Yeah, because they're trying to race to catch up, and then, they, what, they run out of batteries? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but then, but then they still use got... the, the rocket, yeah. Yeah, because Buzz has still yeah. got the rocket attached to him. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it that's is. Great. And they're listening to Kuna Matata when it's happening. Yeah, I was about to mention I that. <laughs> and Lori, fucking Aunt Jackie's the voice of the mom. I love Lori Metcalf and everything. Come on, you can't get yeah. better than that. <laughs> um. Okay. So in number. Th- oh wait, hang on. Before we continue, I wanted to. I thought of something for Sid's therapy sessions. <laughs> it's, yes, lay it on me. <laughs> it's okay. Tom Hanks, cowboy can't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I don't, you know what? Woody like, makes his head turn in a complete circle. It's so creepy. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know I was watching a, a cringy 3 a.m. video. You, like, I'm sorry to backtrack. I know Toy Story 2 was brought up, but, like, I want to talk about it, like, with Monsters, Inc., with, like, the villain, like, twist. Toy Story 2 does that pretty well, too, with Stinky. Oh, too. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't see that coming. Grammar is great. See, I feel like what makes Monsters, Inc. and Toy Story 2's twist villain works is that it lays you with another villain, and you're just like, oh, that's the villain for the movie. But no, that's not the case. 
And then you're like, wait, James Colburn, you were the bad guy in Newsies. You should be the bad guy in this. I'm like, <laughs> Wayne Knight was not the villain. Kelsey like, Grammer Kelsey was. Grammer, you're fucking sideshow Bob. Like, <laughs> yeah, this just makes sense. I'm stupid for not seeing it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in the number three spot, I have Ratatouille. Oh, oh you rat-loving motherfucker. I didn't put this on any of my oh, lists, but I okay. love that movie. Uh, so in my number three spot, I actually have Wally. Okay, Yo. yeah, so Aiden's got um, Ratatouille higher on his list. Yeah, yeah, and I so, do. And so we'll just oh, okay, skip cool. that for now, but... Uh, Aiden, but Aiden, Aiden I'm, I'm right there with you. This is what the plot description should be for Wally. A trash compactor falls in love with a plant hydrator. It's perfect. And they travel time and space with all of <laughs> like with all of mankind's uh, hopes on their relationship. Yeah, this yeah. is one of my honorable mentions. Like, one of my honorable is mentions too. Wally is beautiful. The first Pixar movie to incorporate actual live action. Yeah, that's true. It was like a live action, like a live action human, and one of the like one of the best scores in it too. And oh, the fact yeah. that they have Hello Dolly in it, I love Hello Dolly. And that is one of the darkest, like post apocalyptic futures I have ever seen. Yeah, I love that message about like pollution and stuff. Oh yeah. And when did you ever think you would fall in love with a fucking cockroach? <laughs> <laughs> I also okay. I love that in Wally, like um, like that cockroach get keeps getting hit by like things that like should kill it, but like it survives because it's a cockroach. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a great running game. And uh, Sister Act was one of my favorite movies as a kid. So mm-hmm. to see Kathy Ninjme, yeah. or I mean, not to see, but to hear her. Like, yeah, dude, I, I'm all for this. I loved it. I, like, like it's so funny. I don't know in today's society if you get a move, if you can make a movie where you're cheering on, like, heavier people actually being able to walk and, <laughs> and hit a button. You're like, yeah, you got it. Like, I remember seeing this in the theater opening night, like, just being so jealous. Into, like, our, our crowd was so into this. We were like cheering everything. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And like that little spark they have. Oh, it's it's a beautiful movie. It's beautiful. A beautiful ten out of ten. Yeah, I agree. This is this is definitely one of like, you know, you go to film school and you want to write a script where it just works the whole way through. This is a movie you watch. Like, mm, yeah, yeah. There is not a dull point. No, it's like a very him. exciting movie. Oh my god, like when he goes in and he gets like those uh outcast machines to help him. Oh yeah, that is great. And it has like the ET moment where like he kind of dies. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. And they have to kind of find the the new tape to put in him or whatever. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Wally is like fucking the cooler Johnny 5, and I never thought I'd be saying that. Yeah, he even kind of <laughs> looks like Johnny 5. Hundred percent, dude. Which they both kind of remind me of the uh, Roby R O B, the robot that you could buy with the original Nintendo that would hold the control and play the games with you. Oh yeah, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I love the way they depicted humans in the future that that we let convenience turn us in <laughs> into these giant bedridden blobs that yeah, just I have mean, to float maybe, around. Who knew in the future we would look like a fall guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's great when they're for when like they're trying to move like like that captain and like when he finally like takes his first few shaky steps. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Yeah, Wally is a great one. Um, Paul, did you have that in your number three spot then also? That was my number three. Awesome. Uh, Ben, what do you got in number three? Uh, Finding Nemo. Oh, excellent. Uh, We touched on that a little bit earlier because, you know, I brought it up about how uh, my only issue really with Finding Dory was that it just wasn't as good as Finding Nemo. Uh, it was that the first Pixar movie that I went to go see at the theater, like the whole time deciding, should I even go? Because I'm getting too old to go see these by myself. And then... I loved it. I, well, I say I went by myself, but I mean, I went with my brother who was he's two years younger than me. It was like at that same point where it's like, do we go watch Pixar movies anymore? But uh, it, it had great heart. It's super funny. Um, the characters are great. Like we talked about how really, you know, the uh, the octopus character in the second one is like the only great um, new character. But like the first one's got Bruce and Crush and then all of the um, aquarium buddies, the whole shark face thing, which is <laughs> great. Uh, the seagulls. I mean, there's just so many great bits. Mine? And characters. Mine? Yeah, it's just amazing. I love the first. To first this set. day, I, I do that movie. when I see seagulls. I do too. <laughs> Mine? Mine? I live, I live in a coastal town. Mine? <laughs> You get to do it every day. We live in Iowa. It's pretty It's pretty special when we see a seagull. Right. <laughs> like, what are you doing here, buddy? <laughs> oh, it's pretty special for me, too, because I get to His go, GPS. <laughs> His GPS uh, took the wrong direction. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a lot of corn and soybeans around here. <laughs> and isn't there a Buzz Lightyear action figure in the dentist's office? Yeah, yeah, there is. There is. There's oh, also that's spectacular. All the times I've seen this movie, I never noticed that. There's also a like, there's also a kid that's like waiting for his dentist appointment that's reading a Mr. Incredible comic book. What? Yes. Yep. And just like Lotso is in up. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's leaning against the wall when the Like when the like yeah, he's in like up. a corner of the room. Really? One thing we didn't mention when all the times we've talked about Toy Story is how um, the uh, Pizza Planet truck from the first Toy Story is yeah, in, it's in pretty much every single Pixar movie after that. For the most part, yeah. I don't think it's in Incredibles, but it's I could even be in Brave. It's even in Brave. because Yeah, it's, it's like a carving truck. thing. Mm-hmm. It's even oh, in The dude, Good I, Dinosaur. Man, yeah, I, had pizza, I had a pizza... I, I have a Pizza Planet shirt. I have never gotten more compliments on a shirt in my right? life. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it's just one of those IPs that almost everybody would recognize. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's fucking great, man. <clears throat> like, you know how Stranger Things now, like, their little stoner pizza place has their own brand in, like, Target? You can buy the or Walmart or whatever. Yeah, You're I, kidding. I bought the pizza. I can't yeah, wait. The pizzas can't. aren't bad. I can't wait for uh, every single Netflix show. I can't wait for every single Netflix show to have Surfer Boy Pizza in it. <laughs> they, they also have. But they should make a Pizza Planet. 
I forget what the brand name is, but they also have um, plant-based plant-based uh, chicken nuggets that are Stranger Things branded that you can get at Target also. Oh, wow. I think now they're making like actual therapy places, like the same thing as Matthew Modine's type Surfer of Surfer boy therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Papa's therapy. What? Wait, what? <laughs> oh, no. I'd go to Argyle's therapy. therapy. <laughs> you can just keep passing right. the duchy down the left-hand side. Vecna's clocks. <laughs> oh, shit. The entire, the entire therapy class is smoking weed. <laughs> And listening to Bob Marley. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's wow. We're up to number the number two slot already. Moving right along. Um, so for me, I have The Incredibles two in my number two spot. Wow! Oh my god! Uh, wow! I the so The Incredibles two. I waited a long. We all waited a very long time for this movie. Um, 14 years. Did it disappoint? For, okay, what was that? I said it did not disappoint. Okay. I um, found it a little underwhelming, if I'm going to be honest. I, I loved it. For me, it did everything it needed to do. Because every time I would finish watching The Incredibles, and it would the way it would end with the, the underminer coming out, and then it would cut to credits, I'd be like, fuck, I want, I want to know this story. I want to know how this goes. And for mm-hmm. them to actually give us that to where... The sequel to The Incredibles, it picks up right there, right there. And I love it when a sequel can do that and it can do it well. And I feel like this movie did. And then it took the next logical step forward. What is what is our hero's biggest problem? It's the fact that superheroes were made illegal. So they can't do their thing legally. And they tackled that in this movie. And I felt like putting Elastigirl in the spotlight for it worked really, really well. And I, and I liked the way... <laughs> They kind of updated things with her, giving her the different suit, giving her that that uh, that motorcycle that she was riding. Elasticycle. <laughs> the Elasticycle. Oh, um, man, with that. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, I, I just loved everything in the sequel. and It, it absolutely worked for me. And and, and, and I, I get when, when, when a sequel like this comes out and people are like, oh, it's not as good as the first one. And it's like, to me, it's like it's almost a weird comparison to try and compare it to the first one because... For the this this is one of those sequels where it truly is a continuation of the first one because there's plenty of sequels out there where it's like it's like oh this just takes place like the Lord of the Rings movies well, the, like continuations or even the Lord of the Rings books yeah because I mean you can really look at it all as one giant story whereas yeah. you can do the same thing with Incredibles like for me anymore now that Incredibles two exists like I'm not just gonna watch the Incredibles and stop I'm gonna watch the second one also and in like. But it, uh, yeah. alternatively, I don't know if I would just start on the second one. I feel like I'd watch the first one first. And so to me, it's it's kind of a, a it's it's a it's a matched set. And to me, it worked really, really well. It, all the things that were great in the first one carried on really well into the second one. And they even took it a little bit further. And I would love to see an Incredibles 3 uh, down the road. OK, the twist. Oh. Film. I'm just going to say here, the twist film for Incredibles 2, though, kind of sucks. <laughs> I just don't understand her motives, like her motivation. Like she wants to make superheroes illegal, but they're still illegal. So it makes no sense. Which I I love it because at the time this came out, all of us were coming off of Breaking Bad. And oh, we Breaking had, Bad. We had the 
fucking weaselless character Bob Odenkirk Saul Goodman, who now is the voice of the guy you think is gonna be the bad guy in this because you're like, that's Saul Goodman. He's gonna he's gonna get us. And then it's like, <laughs> no, he's but, coming uh, I for went, us. I I went opening night to this, and this was a surreal experience for me because during this film, somebody actually went into epileptic shock where they had to actually stop the, they had to stop the movie. They had to bring people in. Oh no. Oh tend wow. To them, and then like a couple days later, they were like issuing warnings with the whole, you know, when she's like on that uh, floor that has like the hypnotic wheel going. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh like yeah. I actually heard about that. Like, Many people yeah. are getting like sick from that or seizures. Yeah, right? seizures. Yes. Somebody, yeah, somebody straight up had a seizure from epileptic shock in our theater opening night to that. Oh, that's scary! Oh. It oh. was wild. It was insane. And then we all found out she was fine, but it was it was crazy. Like it was it was wild. Um, the uh, whole subplot in uh, Incredibles about. Finally, finding out what all the Jack Jack's powers are is freaking great too. Like the scene, the scene where he's like taking on the raccoon and he's like phasing through the door. <laughs> Hilarious! That's my favorite scene from any movie that year. Period. Baby versus raccoon. Who will win? <laughs> Who will win the WWE? <laughs> Baby and raccoon. I, oh, I also there is loved... like an awesome kids book series just about that raccoon and Jack Jack. Oh, fun. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love the subplot with uh, Mr. Incredible having to be Mr. Mom as well. Yeah. And his struggles with new math. <laughs> and so Future I, I, math. I, I saw this like right after a divorce and not thinking I was good enough to like raise kids by myself. And when he's having that like heart-to-heart talk with his daughter. I am a blubbering mess in the theater. Oh, I bet. I'm just like, oh my god, am I But we'll get get to that shortly about what Mr. Incredible means to me. (laughs) Uh, Aiden, what do you got in your number two spot? Ratatouille, or Le Le Ratatouille. That's better. (laughs) Okay. Fucking the the movie where Pixar got Peter old fucking tool. Mm-hmm. Man, Ratatouille was a special one for me. Also, it was one of those movies that I had seen the beginning and like up to I, like I'd seen like the first two acts of it like more times than I can remember. But earlier this week, I sat down and actually watched the whole thing. The last twenty minutes of this movie absolutely destroyed me. Like I was like just a happy tears mess. From the point on where where um, uh, Linguini <laughs> takes out Remy and shows him to everybody in the kitchen and they all walk out. And uh-huh. then he gets all the rats to come in and he puts them in the dishwasher and then they all do it and then it works beautifully. And like it just from that point on, it was just so many happy tears. This movie was incredible to me. This one was in my three spot. Um, uh, so what what are some of your favorites about this movie? Aiden. I think it looks really, really impressive for 2007. Like, like considering the previous movie was Cars, and that movie looked really good, Ratatouille does look really good. Like, like way better. 
Not to mention, like, the effects that, like, when Ratatouille, or Ratatouille, when Remy, sorry, tries, the, like, the two, like, that cheese and strawberry near the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those, like, effects that play in the background, I, like, that is really cool. Like, those 2D effects. Mm-hmm. It works really well. Like, I feel like it's just amazing from start to finish. Like, like you know, I love the cooking stuff. I think that stuff's really cool. I love the stuff about being a critic. You know, <laughs> anyone can cook. <laughs> there's a um, there's like a a conversation point lately in a lot of uh, media where people react to media or um, review television and movies about how everybody is casting Pat Oswald as a voice talent way too much. <laughs> Where he like, got he's his start, baby. Mm-hmm. Right, like he's in everything. But this movie is why they cast him in everything. He's so freaking good in Ratatouille. Yeah, that that is true. That is definitely true. And then he ups his game as the deep skills in The Boys. <laughs> Gosh, I forgot right? he did that. Because when you think of everything, it's like, okay, right now, the newest one is he plays the Raven Matthew on um, in Netflix series The Sandman. Yep. He did the voice That's of Happy, which is also a comic book. Oh, dude, Happy! Oh, gosh, <laughs> it's very good. So he did he did that voice, and then um, he's the narrator in the Goldbergs. He and then he's also did the voice of that that short lived Modoc series. Yeah, man. Yeah, the guy does lots of voice work these days, and he was excellent as Remy. It was, it was such a Ratatouille is just such a beautiful movie. I love all the French music in it too. Oh, the music is spectacular. I would play it for myself, but Disney's gonna hit me with a copyright claim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? The mouse <laughs> will hit me with a copyright strike. <laughs> oh, the mouse will slip hey, the throat, dude. <laughs> you know? Do not download a torrent of an MCU movie without blocking your IEP because you will get a cease and desist letter from Disney. Oh no! Oh whoa! <laughs> they tracked you I down, got huh? One from Disney. I got one from Disney because I downloaded um, Shang Shang. Uh, what is it called? Shang Chi. Shang Chi: Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, I downloaded that and I got a cease and desist. And my internet was off, and I called my cable company to find out when my internet was off. And they gave me a warning about downloading copyrighted material and told me that next time they could turn my internet off for a year. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. So wow. Use a VPN if you're doing shady <laughs> shit out there, folks. That, that's why this podcast is sponsored by NordVPN. <laughs> exactly. By Nord. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but that sounds like a cool joke. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, one more thing I'd like to mention about Ratatouille. Like, you know that scene where Linguini, like, edits the soup that's being made? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, like, Remy goes up to it and sniffs it and then gags? Well, <laughs> rats can't actually gag in real life, meaning Linguini's soup was so bad that it broke the laws of nature. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Well, we and... also know mo- rats can't talk. <laughs> Control people by pulling their hair. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. And Linguini is wearing Mr. Incredible's underwear. Wait, really? Yeah, he's got he's got boxers on with the Incredibles logo on it. That's oh. awesome. <laughs> yep. He's an Incredibles fanboy. 
Aren't we all? <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Uh, Paul, what do you got in your number two spot? My number two spot is Toy Story 3. Oh, oh wow. nice. I So, again, the outside stuff, I saw this the day before I got married. Where I was terrified of becoming, I felt like that was what made me an adult. Uh, man, this movie, I did not think I needed a Toy Story 3. I thought Toy Story 2 was perfect. And then Toy Story grabs me by the throat and throws me against the wall. It's like, I'm here. Like, <laughs> I'm back. Oh, God. It's like, been oh, 11 man. years. Um, I, and, and as someone said before, I love, I love the entire Toy Story franchise. Like, I, I love part four as well. I think part four has an amazing message. I, I love two and one, but to me, Toy Story three, was written for me. You know, Toy Story 1 came out. Lee Erkith was like, you know what, Paul, this is for you. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, thank you, John Doctor, or whatever, Pete Doctor. Lee Erkith. Lee Erkith, yeah, yeah. Pete Doctor, didn't he do the first Toy Story, though? No, that was John Lasseter. Okay, okay. Pete Doctor's done Pixar, right? Yeah, yeah. Monsters Okay, Inc. all right, cool, cool. I'm in the ballpark, baby. Um, <laughs> get out and up and, and pull. Yeah, um, but no, like, uh, you know, I like I was 11. I was a little bit older than just like a little five-year-old kid playing with toys. I wouldn't even understand the message of the first Toy Story. So I still think Toy Story was directed towards my age generation. Toy Story 2 was a fun little thing. But Toy Story 3, fuck, 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 was like, hey, you're growing up, but you can still have your roots. And you don't have I, to act oh, cool, you know. My God, like, honest to God, I don't know if there's a movie like Toy, Toy Story 3 where in the theater I'm watching it, I'm saying to myself, okay, this is about Woody and his friends. They can't die. But when they're all holding hands in the incinerator, fate, I'm mm-hmm. like, how the fuck are they going to get out of this? Like, they are going to die. Like, and then, you know, the claw comes on. I'm like, oh, thank, thank you. I'm like, thank God for this. But, like, I literally for a second was like, they are dead. Like, I'm going to yeah, watch for real. melted plastic. Like, this is it. Um, it seems so I, intense. Yeah. Everybody's about to become Anakin Skywalker. I uh, completely thought they were about to murder all the Twisters boys in front of us during that movie. Yeah. I was doing student teaching in a K-4 classroom where toys get abused. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is a real thing. This happened. (laughs) Uh, I thought I think this is one of the best written Pixar movies. Uh, You know, like the allure of a daycare where, like, you'll always be loved as a toy. Um. On so many levels, Andy wanting to take Woody with him to college, Woody making the sacrifice to be like, we're going with, oh my God, oh, when, uh, when Andy pulls him out of the box and he's just, oh, and he's telling Bonnie, he's like, he'll always be there for you. Uh, Shit, dude, man. It's just, it is one of the most beautiful endings Beautiful. To like a movie. I just, I adore this movie so much. I love, uh, 
I love Bojangles the Clown. I think Lotso is one of the most sinister villains of all time. Oh, this absolutely. movie, this I just think this is like a tour de force of writing. Like uh, someone said, like what eleven, like uh, fourteen years or whatever, or eleven years, however long it took. This did not disappoint in any way. It, everything was on course to actually have the dude. When, like, the DVDs and VHSs for Toy Story 1 and 2 were made in, like, Mexico, the guy that voiced Buzz Lightyear on those DVDs and movies got to actually be in the real mainstream version. Oh, I didn't even know that. As Spanish Buzz. Oh, excellent. Spanish Buzz was great. And Michael Keaton as Ken. Come on, like let's go. Yeah, for the longest time, I did not know that was Michael Keaton. So when I learned that, I was like, "Oh wait, really?" I learned it Dude, just for, now, and that blows my mind. <laughs> for Batman to go to Ken, yeah, like come on, like it, Batman it, became a Barbie doll. <laughs> Dude, this like was all like this was member berries in all the right ways for people that grew up with this franchise, and and it, it was almost my number one, almost. Building so on that, close. Though, the number berries and the um and the nostalgia and all that was one thing that they did with Toy Story three that was really cool was the whole storyline about Andy giving his toys to Bonnie because they there was you know they basically said hey these movies used to be for these kids that the people who were kids when these movies Passing came out but now the they have their own kids. Mm-hmm. and now these movies are for them Bonnie so you will carry my legacy mm-hmm, sorry exactly sorry. it was a it was an actual representation in the movie of this series now belongs to you. So that was kind of cool. That's so true. That's a great point, Benjamin. That's a great fucking and, point. And that now. is one of those things that happens. You know, you get older and you look at some of your toys and you think, oh, well, here's this kid who lives next door that I could give these toys to. That's, it's, you know, it's something that happens. That's It is beautiful. When I think back to what happened to all my Ninja Turtle toys. Yeah. Like the kid who lived next door got them. And. Yep. You know, hope, hopefully when he got older, he passed him on to somebody else. And, yep. you know, so that that is this movie does have a lot of really good emotional highs in it. Man, um, dude. That and, scene uh, with the on the conveyor, though, going to the incinerator, that might be one of the most intense scenes in any Pixar movie. It's oh, insane, yeah. man. I think it's even more intense than fucking Nemo's mom getting fucking killed. But I had. I had such a cool experience with this movie is the week before they brought a double feature of Toy Story 1 and 2. So you would buy this ticket and it would get you for all three movies. But the week before, you would go to a double feature of 1 and 2 in 3D. Oh, and there, wow. was a 30, there was a 30-minute intermission hosted by Ham, Rex, and uh, shit like somebody else where they were just bullshitting with each other about life of being a toy. <laughs> That's excellent. And it was like the funnest thing of all time. And I do <laughs> think Toy Story 2 needs to get some nods for putting in a blooper reel at the yeah. end of oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was like what some Pixar movies did like A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2 and Monsters Inc all had blooper reels. It's really funny. fucking fantastic what i find weird though is that the disney plus version of monsters inc doesn't have the blooper reels however the dvd version that we have does so i I didn't even know they did 
Mm-hmm. Oh wait, do they have like a slow motion scene where someone trips? I I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that. in the Monsters Inc. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're the all Monster walking and then they slowly trip over. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> when they're yeah, all going down toy, the scare floor. Mm-hmm. Toy Story oh. three is my number two. It would de- it usually be my number one, but number one is just number one, man. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Benjamin, what do you got in your number two spot? All right, so that now we've made it to where Paul put uh, up down there in the bottom, and I'm like, oh, it's in my. Um, like, so yeah, Paul pointed out, you know, that the rest of the movie doesn't live up to that first 10 minutes and that, like, the way that the first 10 minutes pulls on your heartstrings. And yeah, that first 10 minutes is great. Like, that entire love story with him and Elle is great, or Ellie is great. Um, you know, she is just the little girl, Ellie is just pink and adorable. Uh, her making friends with him and like him just having this person who becomes this person for the rest of his life. And then him losing her, all of that is like great. But somehow I had managed to not know anything about this movie other than the first 10 minutes of the love story. And then he floats away in his house. Like, I didn't know anything else about this movie. So well, going into it, I didn't know anything about the adventure storyline, about going yeah. to South America, about the talking dogs, any of that stuff. And I actually enjoyed the hell out of all that because I didn't know about it. Like, I was shocked by it. Um, I watched this movie this week with my uh, with my two middle children, and they neither of them had seen it, which I didn't realize either. And we all enjoyed the hell out of it. We thought Doug was hilarious. We loved the whole storyline with Kevin. I loved all of the adventurer stuff, and I loved that all that came back full circle because it was such an important part of his relationship with Ellie, and because you know that's what they bonded over they, their love for adventurers, and. Um, to me, the part that had the most emotional punch and the part that like broke me was um, when he, the part where I cried was when he gets to the end of the adventure book and he sees where she added oh. all the, all the oh, pictures yeah. of them. And oh, he says, yeah. for helping me complete my adventure and now, you know, go out and have a new one. And like, that's the part where I started crying. And just like the relationship he builds with Russell. I like that whole story where he talks about how he was so close with his dad before his mom and his dad got divorced and how his dad came to all of his scout things and now he doesn't and him showing up to pin the badge on his on his um his sash and how he actually pins the grape soda cap from the Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good day moment. Met, which he said we're in a club together. I just loved all of that. And like I was hesitant to put it in my top five because I just watched it this week and I was like, that is like shiny no toy syndrome to the tenth degree, but I don't think any other Pixar movie hit me as hard emotionally as the relationship and emotional beats in that movie did. For sure. For sure. And, and Up does, it has one of those opening scenes that just destroys everybody that watches it. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 what the hell is this? I wasn't expecting all the silliness. So when we got to this giant bird and these talking dogs and stuff, I was like, I didn't know this damn dog talked. <laughs> and so like I wasn't expecting all that so it was like this nice fun center then it's like it's like um, sandwiched between great emotional beats at the beginning and the end and I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. and it definitely has a dark moment too where like Carl physically assaults that like construction worker you're like oh, what yeah. the hell is happening yeah, <laughs> yeah. damn I didn't even know 
about that. I didn't know about like them painting him, them trying to take his house and them painting him as like incompetent, trying to send him to an old folks home. Like I had no clue about any of that before I watched it. So which is that was like super intriguing. Carl is supposed to go to the same nursing home that uh Sophia from Golden Girls ends up burning down. Really? Wait, really? Shady acres. That's funny. Oh yeah, uh, up is yeah the 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 scene that really got it for me was at the end when he pins the badge on on Russell when when he shows mm-hmm. up for Russell I thought that was really really beautiful and yep I loved that and and I love the that he kept Doug and and yeah. and uh, another scene I love very much is when he opens the door when he first gets the house flying again and they're on their way to save Russell. And he opens the door and Doug is on the porch and he's like, can I come in? And he's like, of course you can. You're my dog. (laughs) I like, I wasn't trying to shit on anybody's like favorite movie. It's just that, that first 10 minutes to me. It's beautiful. How do you follow that up? It's hard to follow that up. Yeah, it it is really difficult to follow that up. I definitely kind of agree. I had to take a little dig at you though for like uh, having to wait all this all this time between you saying you didn't yeah. like up very much to me being like it's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh no, it's definitely not a dig, man. It's a dig, Doug. Um, which is funny because we we've, we've kind of hit on it. The Pixar theory is very much centered around up, uh, mm-hmm. because Kevin is actually linked to be there. He's he's actually linked in this theory to be around before the dinosaurs. Yep. And that his eggs actually have the answer to eternal youth, which is why the bad guy in Up has not died yet. Because he is like rubbing the yolk on his body. Oh, wow. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I yeah. suppose that makes sense. <laughs> oh, it totally made. Like the Pixar theory is one of the... The Pixar theory is the best fan fiction out there. <laughs> you know, because they talk about how Syndrome's zero energy thing actually gave all the toys sentient life. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. I'll have to look that up and read through it sometime. I, I've heard it mentioned in passing, but I've never actually read it to, to see what all the interconnecting threads are. Oh, I bet some up, of them are pretty preposterous. Though. He updates uh, yeah, it yeah. with every movie. It's 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 wild. That's funny. And it's funny. He's like, "Thank you, Lightyear, for not making me have to work." <laughs> yeah, because it's already <laughs> baked in. <laughs> he's like, "Thank you for saying this is a movie in the universe already. I appreciate you." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think we're up to the number one spots now. Number one. Uh, so I have The Incredibles in my number one spot. Same. You know what I have in my number one? Cars 2. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I have The Incredibles. <laughs> oh, wow. Did just kidding. On the Incredibles? Yeah, I have The Incredibles, actually. Oh, wow. So, that's awesome. Okay, so it sounds like that's three of us have got Incredibles in our number one spot. Uh, th- this movie, the first time I watched it, was like a revelation to me. It was... It was so exciting. I, I loved the 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 setting in this, how it's it almost feels kind of timeless. There's there's aspects of it where it feels like it's very old timey, but then other aspects of it where it feels like it is, you know, absolutely set in the present day. Yeah, I like fi- Incredibles 2 feels really, really 50s. Like it has it like has a vibe of 50s. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. 
I am not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just wanted to bring that up. Well, the first Incredibles movie has a '50s vibe to it. Yeah, is, as well. It's, it's just it, not as apparent. I feel like, and and I I loved all the different uh all the different powers that the family had. The way that they were all able to work together. I loved the history that they had built. That superheroes had been around for a long time, and then they were made illegal, and so now they're all kind of underground. Um, just every everything with that movie was fantastic. Being a a lifelong Kevin Smith fan. I was delighted to see Jason Lee doing the voice of Syndrome, and I thought he absolutely knocked it out of the park. Um, I thought you were an Alvin and Chipmunks, the Squeakle fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna uh, forget about that. The bad guy movie <laughs> hey, on. we're not gonna start tarnishing the Squeakle guys. <laughs> uh, the The Incredibles is one of those movies to where I've seen it more times than I can recall, and I'm. I don't think I'll ever get sick of this movie. It's Oh yeah, same, same. It's oh, it's man. so good. Everything about it is is great. The 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 music, <laughs> the 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 score in it, all of the characters. I love Edna Mode. <laughs> no capes. <laughs> the, the whole oh, no that capes. Cape sequence. That and, sequence and is so funny. Her, we didn't even mention her when we talked Incredibles 2, but she's like one of the best parts of both movies agreed her connection with jack jack in, in incredibles 2 is mm-hmm. so funny um but yeah so I'll, I'll let someone else take this a little bit aiden aiden what did you you know what what went into the incredibles taking your number one spot i think a part of it is due to syndrome being just an amazing twist villain it's not because right. it's like not obvious i think it's just because it just works because you have that connection like you know you have this fanboy in the beginning of the movie and then, like, Mr. Incredible's like, no, go away. I don't like you. I work alone. Batman type thing. <laughs> and um, then it's like, and then he, like, becomes a villain and then, like, fights other supers to get to Mr. Incredible. Like, it's it's kind of amazing. It's, yeah. And you know what's crazy is when they started this movie, Craig T. Nelson worked in the studio for two years and they weren't sure about the bad guy. And last minute, they're like, this is the dude we're going to do. And they're like, let's do Jason Lee. Jason Lee did all of his recording in a day and a half. Oh, my God. That's really? Awesome. I love Jason Lee. That's yeah. amazing. Fucking Brody, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Dave. Can I interest you in a chocolate pretzel? You get a little bit older, Aiden. We'll watch Mall Rats. <laughs> it's not a schooner. It's a sailboat. Um, <laughs> No, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Aiden, are, 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 are you done? Because everything um, you said was beautiful. I also really, really love the climax. Like, this is probably one of my favorite Pixar climaxes. Like, I love it from, like, you know, you have the robot fight, which is really, really cool. And yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> I'll never forget... I'll never forget the trailer for this movie. It was literally just yeah. him trying to put the suit back on. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. That. I remember that. That's all you needed for this. Um, again, I'm pull that for uh, Black Widow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally. 100%. They are the Incredibles in that movie, right? Um, mm-hmm. Again, because I'm the movies from the heart guy. Like I always bring stuff in. Um, my dad looked just like this son of a bitch. Balding, fatter in his older age, but like a fucking 
brick shit house in his youth. Uh, and my dad's name was Bob Hart, which isn't too far from Bob Parr. Um, mm-hmm. so we always called him Mr. Incredible. And then this is a movie, which I'm going to watch tonight. I watch once a year on August 26th, his birthday. Cause it's my dad. He was my Mr. Incredible, but, uh, it always hits me now. Like I, I, like I remember thinking this scene was cool in the theater, but I think one of I think one of my favorite, probably my favorite all time movie scenes, is when they're flying in the RV. Oh, yeah. oh yes, <laughs> when they're flying in the RV and like shit's going down. Like he's a superhero. He's a dad. He's a husband. Like she's a superhero. She's a mom. She's a wife. Like. They're arguing about exits, and then, like, he he just lays it out. He's like, you can't do this. And she's like, we're here for you. He's like, I have to protect you. I can't like, lose you again. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and, I mean, this is a, you can hear this story before, but my dad died saving my mom. Um, And... It just hits me on a whole nother level and just them coming together as a family and doing all that shit. Like, and it's got the funny parts of like him being the first robot and he's celebrating, he throws out his back. Like, it's not done as like an <laughs> over the top gag. You know, like, it's just this movie is so pure. And I think it's, I think it's one of the best like non MCU. <laughs> MCU films of all time. <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, dude, the whole idea of like we're gonna ban superheroes and this is how their life is gonna be, and they're gonna fucking hate it. Like, what's gonna drive them out? And I think Syndrome is one of my favorite movie villains of all time. Same here. Like, you start off as this fanboy and you get jaded. And it's not even done in a bad way. The dude wants to get to his wedding. Like, it wasn't anything against you, but you took it that way. Uh-huh. And you mm-hmm. made it your life's goal to just, like, kill these dudes. I'm like, man, dude, what a, like, it's just a tour de force. Like, it's just so, like, I don't think there's a bad scene in this movie. Like, there's not one where I'm like, oh, I'm going to skip 10 seconds or I'm going to fast forward. Like, this movie works on every level. And as Aiden said, like, that, that, that that climax like that final fight scene it's like this movie perfectly built up to that we have this family that's trying to struggle with their own identities like you have your kids trying to figure out that they are superheroes but you can't let them be themselves and the fact that they're cheering that dash gets second place (laughs) i love that (laughs) congratulations you get a participation award (laughs) you know but like like, oh my god, dude, when he's throwing that wristband, and he's like, you know, like, it's like they're playing football in the backyard, like, all the stakes are on the line, but they're being a family during it, and I'm sorry, Aiden, I know you're on this podcast, but if Mrs. Incredible isn't the hottest animated character of all time. <laughs> yep. I tend to agree, she's really hot. Like, Dude, moms, man. What is it with Pixar moms? Yo, they give them all the junk in the trunk. Like they don't mess around with that shit. 
Aiden's covering his eyes. Like, well, not, no, I'm like placing out. it on my head, like, oh my god. Well, like, I swear to God, when I'm at C two E two, I see like a like like a fucking uh, Mrs. Incredible, like Mrs. Incredible cosplay. I'm like, I need to just leave right now because I'm, like, I'm gonna be taking all the pictures and be drooling. Like, this is bad. No, but uh, <laughs> no pun intended. But The Incredibles is an incredible movie. Like it just no pun intended. It 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 hits every beat. Like, oh my god! Like we've talked about like awesome villain turns. When Syndrome's assistant does the face turn, like when she goes on their side and lets them out and like tells them which like missile to use, you're like, fuck yeah! Uh-huh. You're like, hell yeah, dude! I'm on your side, and it's like. It's not only like an MCU movie, but it's like a James Bond movie. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike Cars like 2. The, yeah, unlike Cars 2, but like it's got the music, it's got that plot. Like, oh my God, dude. Like, it's a very, like, when you think about it, like this guy is killing former superheroes. That's a dark movie for kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. It works. It works. They do it in such an innocent, nonchalant way where you're like, oh yeah, dude. It's murder, but it looks cool. Like, you can get over it. Like, it's not know. car homicide, the movie. No, it's not Army Hammer fucking eating catalytic converters. Um, It's great. No, but yeah, this, this is definitely my number one. I'm, I'm so glad I got uh, some people to agree with me, and I can't wait to hear what Ben's number one is. I'm not going to top what you guys just said. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, what do you got? I didn't mean to take that away from you, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Paul Cat. <laughs> no, it's okay. What do you got in your number one spot, Ben? So, just to cement the fact that I am like a massive Pete Doctor fan, my number one is Inside Out. Ooh. Oh, uh, nice. It's a good three, one. He directed four movies Inside Out, Up, Soul, and Monsters Inc. The only one that didn't make my top five was Monsters Inc. Um, I love Inside Out. Uh, it's got some, it's got great great uh voice actors in it uh anger is absolutely one of my favorite characters from any of the pixar movies uh i uh i um since i went vegan there's this pizza that i like to buy that has broccoli and brussels sprouts on it and every time i eat it i think about the line where he says who puts broccoli on pizza congratulations san francisco you ruined ruined pizza pizza. (laughs) the hawaiians and now you (laughs) and then um just like, I don't know, I thought it was like, it was this really um, inventive storyline idea for a movie that we had never really seen. And the fact that it's such an adult-like concept for a storyline, like, let's look at the way our emotions work and the way we compartmentalize our emotions and just the way our thought processes work and all that. It's just a really interesting idea for, for a children's movie, essentially, for a family movie that I thought is just executed amazingly. Um, I love the whole storyline that you you have to have sadness to have joy and you have to experience all of the emotions, you know, to that's what makes that that's how you experience life. All of your yep. emotions yep. together are how you experience life. And then another aspect is for me the most emotional beat in all of Pixar movies is when Bing Bong dies. Oh my, oh my god. I feel and like the fact that they made us feel that for somebody's 
um, imaginary friends dying is amazing. I feel Lord. like the only part I feel like that I actually nearly cried during where I actually rewatched all the Pixar movies was actually like during the scene where like Riley is like crying, you know, she's like, uh, I want to go home back to Minnesota. Like I found that yeah. that that's actually be kind of emotional. Yeah, Can and that whole say... like, you know, how hard it is for this girl who just got moved across the country and she's away from all of her friends and her parents, like seeing her, the way she's lashing out and not knowing how to help her, not knowing what she's feeling. But then we, as the viewers, have this inside track to this is how she's feeling and seeing the war of emotions between joy and sadness and all of them and how she wants to enjoy life, but like she can't. Exactly. How they go hand in hand, like, mm-hmm. like sometimes you need sadness to have that joy. It's it's beautiful. But can we say, can we agree that Bing Bong is probably the first character to actually get dusted? <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's a part oh of my the God. Thanos now. He... Another thing they stole him to do. I'm blown. Oh my god, yeah, no, um, full disclosure, as a teacher, I, I get a lot of kids that are, like, on multiple ends of the spectrum, and when I get kids on the low end of the autism spectrum, this is the movie I tell parents to watch. Like, yeah. you gotta watch fucking Inside Out, because it is, we have these zones of regulation, and it's so funny, like, I feel like someone in education helped write this movie because, like, the zones of regulation are the colors of these characters. Yep. Like, it's insane. And this, one of my funniest, like, where I laughed so hard in the movie theater that I actually made other people laugh because of my dumb laugh was when... (laughs) She, like, when they duplicated the boyfriend from, like, band camp or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I thought that was so... We've all done that. We've all said we either had a girlfriend from, like, camp or that's in Canada. Mm -hmm. Like, that was fucking... That was so good, dude. That was great, man. And, uh... The other uh, super funny, like, comedic beat that they revisit multiple times in the movie is seeing other people's um, emotions. And, like, um, I don't remember. There's somebody, I think there's somebody or something where, like, all of their emotions are anger. So, like, just that was, like, an ongoing joke throughout the movie where we got to see everybody's, um, like, their processing center and how their, how their emotions work together. And I just thought that was hilarious. Oh, yeah, like how the mom is led by sadness and the dad is led by anger. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And Ben, as, as like, a dad of a girl, a girl who literally last week told me she has a crush on a boy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're yeah. at the end of that movie when it's like, boy, boy, and they're all, like, freaking out. I'm like, yeah. And they're, like, setting <laughs> off all the alarms and hitting all the switches, and, and that's great. Um, oh my god, and that mom from Inside Out is hot, too. Yeah, Shit. another picture mom. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, the other thing is, you brought up about like kids on the autism spectrum and all that. Like I have very close friends with kids on the autism spectrum and stuff, and 
um, just in general, um, in special education, because my ex-wife and her husband both work in special education now, too. Um, in special education, you know, so much of what the kids are trying to figure out and express and like the issues that come along with teaching and, and being there for special education children is that it's processing. And like the way that this movie specifically is about processing and the way we process thoughts and the way we process emotions makes it feel like such an important movie for special education. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent because it validates, like this movie. So this is something I do every day in class. Um, I think we have been taught that it's not okay to feel a certain feeling. No, it's a hundred percent. Okay. What's not okay is the way we like the way we react to that feeling. And this movie made that a hundred percent acceptable. Like it is okay to be angry, but it's not okay to do this when we're angry. Mm-hmm. It yeah, is a, like a, yeah. a specific emotion that I go through with my children a lot is jealousy. We deal with a lot of jealousy because I have, you know, I have four older children who now have a baby sibling. And like one thing, I mean, this helped me has helped me as a as a way to think about even in my personal relationships now is like it's okay to be jealous. Jealousy is a feeling that we naturally have. It's not okay to treat other people poorly because you're jealous. Yeah. Feelings are there for us to have. It's how we react to them. Yeah. Like it's okay to be angry. Just don't throw your chair at a wall (laughs) or don't smash your phone against the wall. Cause that costs a lot of money to replace. Yes. And but I mean, I don't know that from experience. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh my God, I love your pick, Ben. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Fucking and Bill Hader as Fear is like oh, yeah. inspired casting to the tenth yes. degree. Yeah, the I dad's anger. I'm pretty sure it's played by Pete Doctor. Oh, that's funny. It is. It is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, fuck Amy Poehler as Joy because that like that was right on the booming success of Parks and Recreation. It's like you and could not cast a better person as Joy. I, and it's funny because I love Amy Poehler. I am the hugest Parks and Recreation fan, but at the time that I had seen this movie, and for years after, I hadn't even seen Parks and Rec. I started Parks and Rec during the pandemic. And so now my love for Amy Poehler is even stronger than it ever was. And so to like revisit Inside Out, it's even better. And it's kind of funny when you rethink about it, you could almost cast all of Parks and Rec actors as <laughs> these emotions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful I movie. In my head now. <laughs> I'll never forget I was working uh, a therapeutical summer camp so I worked with kids of very different like very different needs like I had I had quite a few kids in my group that had down syndrome I had kids with autism I had kids with all like anger issues and this like we always did a lemonade sale every Friday to save up to a movie. And this was the movie we saw. And it was like for an hour and 45 minutes, all of these kids were just enamored into this movie. And then I was like, I'm sitting there crying in front of me because I, 
I just had a newborn daughter. Like, mm-hmm. I'm fucking bawling my eyes out. Like, oh my god, she's gonna go through this. I'm looking at these kids. Like, oh my god, they're actually living through this. Like, what's happening? <laughs> right. Fucking yeah. Pixar, 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 <laughs> stop making me cry. <laughs> One funny note, real quick, before we before we look to see if anybody still has uh, honorable mentions left. We have now covered just from our bottom three and top five list. And uh, 23 out of 26 movies. And you were like, I don't know if we're going to get to all 26 movies. <laughs> there are only three movies. And we've discussed each of them in, in ways while talking about other ones so far. But there are only three movies that haven't been specific picked yet. Well, Joe, do you mind if I segue into this? Yeah, go ahead. Onward is my yep. fucking honorable mention. I adore that movie like it is yeah i thought that was gonna be your number one honestly oh yeah no i like i get that like sentimental i think it is because that was one of the first movies like trolls world tour and then onward we got like literally at the start of the pandemic Mm -hmm. but onward is such a like oh dude that's that's the last honorable mention too as a dude that lost their dad, like, I would give anything. I feel like I'd be Tom Holland's character, like, go say, like, say hi to your kids. Like, I already got my time with you. Like, go talk to your grandkids. Like, mm-hmm. say hi. And I think, like, it's just a beautiful story of, like, sons and their mothers. Uh, Like, I think it's so fun to bring in, like, the obscure parts of D&D, like the gelatinous cube. Like, that's <laughs> fun. Um, yes, I, that. I think to put Star-Lord and Spider-Man in a movie together as voice actors is cool. Like, the message is, is great. Like, yeah, not, the only, message. not only as, like, a dude that has kids that has a stepdad, I now have an ex-wife that has a daughter who is mm-hmm. just in love with me. That's <laughs> not mine. That her mm-hmm. pictures are all over my house that I would love like she is mine. And that's what I happens with her too. boyfriend. I know, that's you know, man, really I know, you know, this, like you're my guy on this, man. You're my guru on how to make this work. Mm-hmm. Like in, you and- know, like with an ex, like, have, to have your siblings have a sibling and with somebody that you're trying to maintain a good relationship, that child just kind of becomes your child in a way too, because they're there with your kids and you don't want to take them away from each other. And they're just as important to your kids as you are and as their, as their other parent is. So it, it, it it's a very good um, place to be, to have that level of love for that child. That's not yours, but is your sibling or your kids' sibling. And, 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 uh, like, I hate to take away from this. You know what I love about it so much, Ben? Hmm. Is that her husband hates. Hates that this kid loves me so much. Oh, man, that's rough. <laughs> and I'm just like, come here, you chunky baby. Give me all the hugs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, come here right like, now, baby. 75% of it is, like, true love of, like, my kids love you, so I love you. But 25% of it is, like, fuck you, motherfucker. So, <laughs> yesterday morning, I, I brought Waylon in here, which is the baby. 
I brought Waylon in here because they hadn't hung out with me for a while. And I was sitting with them on my bed and we were watching TV. And so I took a picture of me and them and I put it on my Snapchat and I sent it to like all the girls in my Snapchat. Cause you know, I know how this works. And, uh, like all the messages I'm getting back is like, oh my God, that baby's so cute. But then people are like, wait, is that your baby? And I'm like, no, this is my buddy. This is my ex-wife's baby. And they're like, okay, that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, but man. I love, it was, it. I love it. It was great. I was at a cheerleading competition with my ex-wife. This person that you both know about in my life with her niece and then their baby and my son mm-hmm. and the baby just literally climbing over their dad's shoulder to get into my arms. Oh, wow. It's like, <laughs> I actually like you, kid, but I like you even more because fuck your daddy. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I don't mean to take it off the rails. Paul Cast. Paul Cast. Uh, yeah, sorry, Joe. Sorry. No, that's sorry. okay. Let's say otherwise. That, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I got too. Wait, 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 wait. So we've done twenty-four of the Pixar movies, right, Ben? Yep. I, th- I thought we caught. I thought Onward was the only one that we hadn't really touched. What on. are the other two, Ben? Wait, is Lightyear one of them? Oh, Lightyear! Oh, I do love Lightyear. Lightyear have not been official picks, although we spoke about them while talking about other ones. But yep, that's it. Those were the last two. Wait, Lightyear and which one? Cars 3. Cars 3. Oh, oh we did kind of. Well, Cars yeah, 3, Cars. yeah, it kind of got brought we up earlier. Yeah. It wasn't actually somebody's pick. We've, we've, we've talked about all 26 movies, but those were the only two that didn't actually get picked for one of the lists. <laughs> so, I love Lightyear because I feel like if I was Andy's age, I'd be like, fuck yeah, this movie is yeah. cool. But the only the only plot hole it creates for me is yeah, you would definitely have a Buzz Lightyear doll, but where's your socks doll? That's that's yep. the merch yeah. that would have sold from that. Like would have a sock. So four movies and no socks. Like you think a socks toy would just fly off the shelves way more than <laughs> yep. a Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> fly off the show which which i'm backtracking toy story 2 has one of the greatest meta jokes where barbie is taking them through Elle's toy barn and they go through the buzz lightyear toy section mm-hmm. and they say like short-sighted corporate executives didn't see the need to make these dolls so there's a shortage of them which is exactly <laughs> yep. what happened when Toy Story came out. Nobody wanted to make any toys for Toy Story because they didn't think the movie was going to be a success. Oh. So there was a huge demand for Buzz Lightyear dolls right after Toy Story came out, where it was kind of a Star Wars Jenner thing where they had to make, like, they would sell you the box and be like, you bought the box, come back in a couple months when you can buy the action figure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Like, that, that's kind of like when The Mandalorian came out. They weren't prepared to for how enamored audiences would be with Baby Yoda. Or Grogu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that was more because of that or because they didn't want to give away the spoiler? Uh, it had to have been because of the spoiler thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They didn't want to give away the spoiler. 
spoiler, but they didn't they didn't realize how much once that first episode came out that now they're like they haven't even put these toys into production yet because they're trying to save the spoiler and everybody wants it. Yeah, yeah, because we had to wait a long time for official, you know, Star Wars. Yeah, uh, I you know I, we we were still calling him Baby Yoda when it first came out, but yeah, oh, they were yeah. definitely we're still calling Baby unawares. Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, yo, Ariel. From Little Mermaid is the voice of Barbie. How fucking cool is that? Oh, wait, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Jody, uh, I forget her name. Jody something. But she, I learned that from an episode of Four Weddings on TLC like 10 years ago. Oh, nice. <laughs> She's saying to like a couple and they're like, oh, fuck this. She's just trying to get her vote. And they, she won. So it was good. <laughs> Got it. But, uh, yeah, man, fucking. Uh, Lightyear, I did. I enjoy Lightyear for what it was. Um, Joe and Aiden, this is instead of them using the opening crawl of like, oh, in like 1995, the movie came out. I would have had them not put that in. I would have had them show the whole movie and then kind of cut to like a theater full of kids and show Andy and his mom and being like, this is awesome. Um, yeah, that'd have been and fun. And then end it. Yeah, that would have been really awesome. Wait, but you're not. But allowed I liked to... Lightyear. You're not, I really wait. enjoy Lightyear. I liked it too. The, okay, the only problem with that ending that you that you suggested it. was that like you're not allowed to talk in a theater. <laughs> After the credits roll, dude. Oh, that actually makes more sense. I'm not talking about like halfway through the movie. Like, <laughs> I like this movie, mom. And have like a straight up like five minute oration about how great it is. No, like the movie ends and then all of a sudden like it gets a little wider and you see like a theater stand like like people standing up and Andy looking at his mom being like, Wow, that was so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would have been like, it would have been a, a nice way to tie it a little further to the Toy Story movies. Yeah, not like fucking ten minutes into the movie, Aiden. <laughs> God <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all I got, guys, unless uh, you guys got anything else. Wait, um, what about Cars Three? I mean, hey, we, we, I mean, we, we kind of covered it earlier. Yeah, I think uh, it's a it great has, coming of age story, like from the female perspective. It has like, less mater. Hallelujah. 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 It also has less cow tipping. <laughs> you mean tractor tractor tipping. tractor tipping, Paul? Which is like a pure shout out to Tommy Boy. Yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Pure shout out to Tommy Boy, but no, I I do I do really I think Cars like as I said Cars Three to me is the best of the franchise because I think they were able to rectify the wrongs of Part One, yeah, or I mean a Part Two, and give us like a really cool like coming of age story of someone that like. Especially of a female that wants to make it big in a male-dominated league, like it was, it was very similar to like a Danica Patrick type of thing. Oh, nice! Yeah. And what's yeah. cool with the third cars is like, okay, so the first one does the like the redemption arc storyline and the whole days of thunder had a rest, doesn't want to race anymore kind of thing, and sets all that up, and it does a good job at it. 
But the third movie does a very similar kind of like becoming, you know, be, like road to success and like coming back up to being the celebrity or making your way up to being the celebrity story, but does it better than the first one does. Totally. I, I totally agree. I do it like it like it was just kind of, it, it was kind of like uh it was kind of similar to like John Travolta like pumping adrenaline to Uma Thurman like oh god like you're taking mm-hmm. this male led franchise into a female direction. Like I like this. Like this is but again, I also had like a daughter I'm like, oh, girl stories. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <Yeah>. Woo. <laughs> I'll have to add that one onto my list because I had intentionally stayed away from it just because I disliked Cars 2 so much. Yeah. Well, this is so far away from Cars that's, 2. Like, that's good to hear. It yeah. doesn't even acknowledge Cars 2. Yeah, it doesn't even acknowledge the second one. Like, it just ignores all the events that the second one had. <laughs> Smart move. And, and like, Cars 1 holds a little bit of a piece of my heart because all of my Minnesota family is from a town called Shakopee in Minnesota, and they say shock a p in Cars 1. And I'm like, hey, I, like, I feel like Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio like pointing. Like, I get that. Like, yeah. Right? You're using a small little ho-dunk town. I get it. I got you. Shakopee. Isn't that where Valley Fair is? You know Valley Fair. Yeah, been there multiple times. The wild thing, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking wild thing, baby. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that probably wraps it up then. Yep. (laughs) Uh, This has been a great... This has been great. I, I really appreciate y'all coming on and doing this. Yes, um, thank you. I su- I suffered through every single Pixar movie. <laughs> suffer. Did you really suffer, though? Just through Cars too. Yeah, but I mean, 26 out of 25, like 25 out of 26, that's a win. Yeah, that actually kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so be grateful. Love <laughs> <Another> guns. <laughs> Paul, what's going on with Apple to Oranges? Yo, man, we're in trying season finale time. Oh, nice. I know you're a huge Get fan of it. that show. Oh, my. And and Blackbird finale. Woo. Blackbird was that was something. I need to take a shower after every episode. Yeah. Amazing performance. So I've only showered one. six times in my life. <laughs> no, but. uh, If Taryn Edgerton didn't make like a point to be Wolverine. This is it. Like, this is it, dude. Like, he needs to be our Wolverine, and Paul Walter Hausen might go down as one of our, one of this generation's best actors. I really look forward to seeing what he's going to do in the future. He surprised the hell out of me with that. Dude, to think that was Stingray from Cobra Kai. Yeah. That's Stingray from Cobra Kai? What yep. the Blackbird hell? Blackbird was man. that series that we were watching. Yeah, with yeah. the people in the prison. Mm-hmm. The guy with the really weird facial hair that was Stingray. Uh, yeah, what the hell did he like? They actually had a name for Burnsides. that. Burnside. Burnside. His sides oh, were God. burned. 
<laughs> what a creepy show, but I'm so glad. Like, I can honestly say I will never go back and watch that show again. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but nope. I'm so glad I did. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, very good. It's just too heavy to go back and rewatch. But the performances in it were outstanding. And what a fitting tribute to Ray Liotta's legacy as an actor. Oh, yeah. That this is the last thing we'll see him in. Yeah, and he was and fantastic in it, too. Oh, my God. Dude. Dude, like, I kind of cried when he had the stroke in the restaurant. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is so sad. Like, I don't know if it's because he actually died then after that, but it's like, oh, man, dude, what a what a performance. But, yeah, uh, that uh, I and I will dare say the new Ted Lasso, which is Maya Rudolph's loot. Like, oh, yeah, I've been hearing good things about that. We talk about that. Uh, it's it, it's it's a it's a feel good story. Uh, that focus. She's the main focus, but you really get to see. And I don't think a lot of shows do this until a second season. But this show utilizes their secondary characters in the first season, and I feel like some of them shine more than she does. And I think that just testifies to the type of actress she is. And I think it was a great freshman season for the show Loot. So, yeah, we definitely talk about all of that. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Benjamin, uh, are you still doing your beefy vegan thing? Um. So I still have my TikTok page. Um, I haven't done a whole lot on it recently, but I'm starting to um, work on making some more content for that. And... Um, so since I had my gastric bypass, I haven't been eating strictly vegan. But when I went vegan, I did this thing called the 22 challenge. And I'm starting that again the, the 3rd of September. So the plan is that'll be my day where I start going completely back to being vegan. So um, I'm definitely planning on doing some more content about what it's like as somebody who's had gastric bypass and is a bariatric um, patient and has to eat a certain way now and is a vegan um and focusing on like uh some nutrition and stuff like that too so i'm definitely planning to start doing some more content with that tremendous look forward to that uh, at, at, at the beefy vegan on tiktok awesome i don't have a podcast i was saying aiden you're 14 so i'm not letting people know how to get a hold of you okay <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh this has been a fantastic time talking with y'all tonight i really mm-hmm. appreciate you coming on and uh, thank you all very much for listening. This has been Paulcast. See you all later. <laughs> <laughs> Paulcast, baby. Woo! Let's let it ride. Paul.